Hello, everybody, and welcome to Volume 1, Issue 45 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. The rhythm action genre was born to all intents and purposes in 1996 with Nana on Shah's delightful Parappa the Rapper. The so-called Bimani craze evolved with increasingly elaborate mechanics and peripherals. However, in 2006, Nintendo took the genre back to basics with a minimalist, pocket-friendly take on perfectly timed button presses in Rhythm Tengoku. Joining me, Leon Cox, and this issue, we have Tony Atkins. Hello. Darren Gargett. Uh, hello. And Joshua Garrity. Hello there. Now, I thought we'd have a little chat uh, con- about the context of this game in-, in terms of rhythm action. I don't know how many sort of rhythm actions we're-, we're likely to do on Cane and Rinse over the time. I mean, there's, you know, we-, we like to try and cover all genres, but it's probably not the most obvious genre to do. Uh, I traced back the history of the rhythm action genre to Electronic Simon. Uh, the uh, Now, I think it was probably still going when the likes of you were children, at least some of you. Mm. No. <laughs> no. I was minus five. Uh, when it came out, yeah. It was popular for quite a long time, though. Uh, you remember it, Tony, right? It's still a bit before me. Born in 1980. You don't remember Electronic Simon? No. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, it was a kind of black circle with coloured lights on it. Hmm. Oh, now you sound like you know what I'm talking about. 
Oh, no, oh, sorry, I've seen it on like films and stuff where they, you know, they like Toy Story. You'll probably see one in the background or something. I, I know what it is. Okay, I've, I've that's, actually... <laughs> that's good. That'll help this conversation flow somewhat. Then I've never actually interacted with one. No, um, um, I didn't own one. It was too expensive and flashy for me. But it was basically a big box of coloured lights. It mm. played a sequence of uh, farty electronic tones, and you had to copy it and mimic it. Now it wasn't really rhythmic, but it was. It did have that idea of playing a sequence of notes and coloured lights and then you had to repeat them so i think you could you could arguably trace the genre back to there that was invented by uh, a man called ralph bayer who also uh, invented the magnafox odyssey home console which was not a big hit but was quite groundbreaking uh then there was a game in 1984 called breakdance by epics who it was actually one of their worst games epics were famous for great games like summer games and winter games world games california games um impossible mission things like that uh, but this breakdance game was two figures on the screen. And again, it was really a, a call and response thing with a, a, a not particularly stunning piece of Commodore 64 music, you know, compared to what it was uh, capable of later. Uh, and it was you had a, a, a bl- very blocky and badly animated breakdancing figure on the left and you had to mimic his moves on the right. So quite similar, really, to games like uh, Buster Groove or Buster Move that would come Mm -hmm. later on. But again, you didn't actually... I don't think you actually had to do it in time with the music. Uh, There's a game I know little about in 1987, came out in 1989 in America, called Dance Aerobics on the NES uh, by Bandai. Um, I think it was... I mean, this sounds to me like almost... You could trace back Zumba Fitness, you know, or... (laughs) Uh, just dance or or even the DDR stuff all the way back to here. But I think for most people, the first rhythm game they'll remember and the one that's most recognizable as the modern genre. And basically, it's exactly the same as Rhythm Tengoku is Parappa the Rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm alive at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in my mid-20s when Parappa came out, but I was absolutely charmed and thrilled by it genuinely made me laugh i could probably recite most of the script Mm -hmm. to it and all the lyrics to this day uh did anyone else buy this at the time it was 97 when it came out over here oh absolutely it's one of my all-time favorite games and it's a yeah it's a ps1 classic for me i just i'd never really played a rhythm action game before it was a definite it was a new experience for me and i remember trying it on the demo that came through with the the official magazine and i was just utterly stunned by the the visuals and the fact that i think they gave you the the first level which was the um the onion you know kick punch you saw in the mind yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i was just like i can't believe this is like it was obviously a brand new genre for me at the time and and many people it It was it was for most i mean as i say you know those three examples i've managed to come up with before are barely recognizable as the same Mm. things yeah, and it just absolutely took me by storm. And the the level where you're learning to drive a car with the moose is mm-hmm. still firmly in my mind as one of the greatest gaming moments. That was perhaps the, the biggest earworm of the lot, but my fondest one was the uh, queuing for the toilet level. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. genius. Yeah, the, the difficulty curve in that game ramps up severely. I remember the, the, the whisk in the egg in the bowl with the chicken. Yeah, uh, chicken cooking chicken show yeah oh. that was the one that took me the longest to because you could uh rap cool on every level by freestyling yeah and it would unlock a whole sort of other sequence of graphics that you couldn't see uh any other way and and it was the, the that level which took me the longest to to get the the, the gold on as it were mm-hmm. yeah i i had it as a well i'd say it's what 70 years so i was 17 um and i think you know kick punch it's all in the mind is is stuck now in pretty much every gamer's lexicon even if they've never played the game, I think you could quote that and they'd instantly Absolutely. say Papa the Rapper. 
yeah, it is a meme on the internet as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was the, Nana on Shaf followed that up with Umjam Alami, which I think fewer people played, yeah. but uh, that was one of the first sort of guitar-y rhythm action games, um, although Guitar Freaks had already come out in Japanese arcades at this point uh, in 98. But Umjam Alami was uh, actually, I think, it's, I think it did badly because the tunes just weren't quite so memorable and playing the guitar didn't seem to make as much sense as, as rapping because it was, um, I mean, the thing is the, the weird thing about Prapper is the timing was always well dodgy on it. It was not the best interface of a rhythm game. Um, whereas now for, you know, the game, we're, games we're going to talk about today, rhythm heaven series, uh, you can be sure that you, when you press the button, it absolutely precisely responds to what you've done, unless you've got like some issues with, audio visual lag or something and in fact you time your button presses by the music but parappa um it was a bit dicey at times uh, as i recall so amjam alami came along and was probably even harder but did have a couple of classic levels and then uh they did finish that series off with parappa 2 again i don't think as many people played that that was on the ps2 wasn't it yeah it was yeah yeah so yeah, i never got around hard. to playing that Oh, really? Yeah, I think a lot mm. of people did the same thing. It wasn't as good as Prapper the one in terms of uh, songs and story, but, you know, it was definitely worth completing the trilogy. It had the same vibe, but never quite the same catchy tunes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's a shame um, that they didn't put Prapper 2 out first, if you know what I mean, over Um Jamalami, because as much as I knew that was a spiritual sequel to Prapper the Rapper, I had no interest in it at all because he wasn't on the front cover. And as a 13, well, then 16-year-old, that's sort of like a selling point, a USP, like... Why is it not Prapper 2? What, what's going on? And it, it was well, a... Prapa did make an appearance in it. PJ Berry mm. did. Um, so it was, you know, it's, it's basically a spin-off. It's set in the same world and the events that happen are similarly crazy. Obviously, Lammy was a female character and I think that mm. was deliberate to design to a more female audience maybe. But um, meanwhile, of course, Nana Onsha uh, also made Vib Ribbon. Um, <laughs> now it which... is. Now we're talking? Okay. Talk <laughs> this then. has one of the best tutorials of any game ever. Yes. It's just brilliant. Um, I, I don't know if you guys remember it, but that mm -hmm. like really squeaky-voiced character mm, singing along to that music track at the beginning of the game is just, right, you are setting the mood perfectly with this intro. Yeah, some of the included music in that game was absolutely amazing. Uh, and and of course, famously, you could insert your own CDs, and it would create levels. That was a, big deal. That was a huge deal to me, anyway, because obviously you'd go for the, the the set of levels that were supplied to the disc, and there was quite a few on there. But the real fascination to me was back when you were like this ability for the first time to bring your own music in there and mm. see the level kind of generate around that. So of course, if you're doing hard rock, then the, the levels would be that much more complex. Uh, comparative to soft jazz it's something that um you know we've seen in many games now imitate or imitate but you know jazz could be the hardest actually because of the syncopated yeah, the, timing the undertones but um but there's just a, such a simple the undertones graphics. are easier the graphics on it was just literally it was white but white on black wasn't it mm. it was one of the hardest games for me to sell at that point because i was working in indie game shops in Leighton buzzard and it was oh. like what's this, what's this game and it's like oh vibra and you play as like a little sort of a rabbit on a line and they're like okay what do you do and you're like well you sort of spin around in circles and jump over things and you put your cd in and it changes to they're like what the hell are you talking about well, it's, it's like when the it's imagine it's something like one of the indie games now hitting a full full mm. you know retail release it it felt like it was an odd game at the time to actually be on a disc 
just this weird little experiment. It was released at a budget price. It was also, uh, I think, the thing that really let it down for me. And, and I, you know, I, it was absolutely charming and, and cute. And I, I really liked it. But it didn't have any memory card recognition nope. whatsoever. So you couldn't even save your high scores. Because what it needed was the ability to not only save the high scores to the tunes in the game, but also uh. to actually... Uh, name the tracks you played and and ascribe high scores to them, so you could challenge your friends to you know beat your time on some Radiohead track or whatever. It's you a know? different world though. I mean that that would be standard now, but then it was it was all still a little complex. I mean like yes, there there could have been leaderboards without doubt, but yeah, exactly. Game games had leaderboards going back way before. But ID tagging and stuff now has come so far where you know yeah, well, yeah. we we know so many games are doing it now. Um, sadly, we didn't get either sequel. Uh, to this in uh, outside of Japan, Mojib Ribbon and Vib Ripple always uh, I did consider importing them, but apparently mm. they were both mm. quite sort of difficult um, games to play out it, not not in your first language. So which one's the calligraphy one? Mojib Ribbon. There we go. That that just looked absolutely bonkers. And yeah. When I play the Rhythm Heaven mini game of the the calligraphy thing, I've, I remember Mojib Ribbon in magazines and thinking, yeah. how did you play that? Mm. Yeah. It's mental. Yeah. So obviously in Japanese arcades, kind of they picked up the bat and ran with it. Beat Mania came out and that named the genre. Um, obviously, Dance Dance Revolution still going. The last mm. iteration of that came out in 2011. There's still a scene for it. Remember that weird period in the early 2000s when it was kind of a bit of a craze over here as well, and people mm-hmm. were buying up dance mats for their playstations and yeah. they were selling out and all that kind of thing. Um, it's kind of a shame. I think it's kind of a shame that didn't carry on. There was a point where you could buy your own sort of almost arcade standard um, yeah. steel. Proper uh, metal, yeah. Yeah. Used to sell yeah. them. Used to sell, I sold a couple yeah. of them. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so, Guitar Freaks, a lot of people mistakenly credit Guitar Hero as being the first guitar peripheral game. Of course, it wasn't, not by a long chalk. Uh, Pop and Music, which is still big in Japan, still going. Um, many, many, many iterations of this. This is the one with, uh, I think, is it six, eight, or nine colored, mm. big, fat colored lights and just. At the top level, this game is absolutely insane. Yeah, I've never really played this game. Well, I haven't played it at all, not really. And uh, I saw it in Lost in Translation when he's in the arcades, and I was like, uh-huh. "I want to. Well, what is that? I want to play it." And I've never, I've never even seen it. I don't even know where to buy it. Or, <laughs> I mean, I haven't done a lot it of research. Came, it never it. came out officially over here. I don't think there was there was a there was a, as with everything in Japan, there was a dedicated controller. Obviously, we did get mm. the Beatmania controller over here. You still see it knocking about in secondhand shops. Yeah, I've actually played Guitar Freaks as well as a uh, in one of the arcades in, in London. Yeah, they also did a Drum Mania. Um, Buster Movers. I have very fond memories of. Buster Move or Buster Groove as it renamed over here mm, because yeah. they'd renamed Puzzle Bobble Buster Move. <laughs> it was a ridiculous situation. <laughs> uh, Enix released it over here before they were Square Enix. Um, this was uh, a game where you... Uh, it was weird because it wasn't actually entirely a rhythm action game. You only had to... You had to put in a sequence of moves on the D-pad which translated to the character... It's like Dance very... Dance Resolutions, left, right, up, down, up. Yeah, but the difference was that you didn't have to put those moves in in any kind of rhythm. You only had to finish each phrase with a a well-timed button press. So you could, I I got really good at it because you just rattle in the sequence in the first two bars and then wait for the end of the bar and then hit the button. But um, that had some great classic tunes in it, such as uh, Shorty and the Easy Mouse. Although, of course, we we got the American version rather than the the J- Japanese original J-pop tunes and it was censored so there was a guy who had some guns but not in our version he had a cigarette not in our version <laughs> all that weird sanitizing stuff but to me that that felt like that was the evolution of um uh, Papa the Rapper 
tricks, just, you yeah, know, yeah. that kind of, you've got to hit it on the right time and stuff. I mean, I didn't know, I can't remember knowing about the trick you just said about only hitting the last phrase. But um, I remember yeah. playing a fair bit, but it felt like that was the evolution of what Papa the Rabbit was and, and Dance Dance Revolution kind of combined together. But really yeah. cool. It, it, I remember the sounding amazing with big afros and stuff. Yeah, and some really cool animation for the time mm. as well. Quite an obscure one, but well-liked is Cool Cool Tune on the Dreamcast. Of course, uh, one I haven't put on the list here is Samba de Amigo from around the same time. Uh, mm. Maraca-based. Um, one that's well worth mentioning is Taiko no Tatsujin which uh, is also known over here as Donkey Konga. It's basically Namco made it into Donkey Konga for Nintendo. That series has been running since 2001, and currently there are over 45 iterations of it. So when people say, oh, Activision, oh, they really milk that hero, you know, guitar (laughs) hero and rock band, Taiko no Tatsujin still gets at least one new version every year, generally more than one. It's on every single format you can think of. Um, they just do new versions with new tunes, and it's damn good fun to play in the arcades because it's mm. got massive drums with massive sticks. Yeah, there's a in the room Heaven DS game. There's a game that reminded me of this Taiko yeah. no yeah. Tatsujin. I was just like, oh my god! Like I've never played this Taiko game, but you know, I sort of feel like I have in the in the DS version. Uh, Donkey yeah. Konga. <laughs> I, I like Donkey Konga. I love Donkey Konga. I, I've never felt so stupid playing a game in my entire life. <laughs> oh, really? I love yeah, it. Yeah, because I remember we were playing it. We were playing it four players, and uh, in our front room, and uh, someone walked past our house and looked in, and we were all just <laughs> clapping and bongoing away, and I just thought. What does that look it. like to someone out there? Yeah, I'm not embarrassed by it, but I... like they're having a fun time. That's what that looks like. <laughs> One <laughs> New Year's uh... Eve, Tanya and I, my partner, we just uh, we decided that we couldn't be asked with going out, so we stayed in and played through every tune on both Donkey Konga games. <laughs> it was crazy. brilliant. Uh, it is a brilliant game, but like I said, I've never felt quite so ridiculous just bongoing away because I've never done that before in my house at all. And then when it came to the the platform version, the oh, I forgot it was Jungle Beat. Mm-hmm. That's when the bongos really took a beating. Yeah. Does that count as a rhythm action game? Uh, I think the boss fights sort of do. Like, There's, there's mm. time and elements near there, but yeah, those bongos are weird. Famously by the team who went on to make Super Mario Galaxy, of course, mm. Jungle Beat, mm-hmm. and uh, a game that I have suggested for this very show, but it's uh, struggling to get enough people interested in playing it. Look at this list. Did we miss Space Channel 5 as well? Yeah, good point. Yeah, Space Channel 5. That was, uh, I think that was 1999. Yeah. Um, I still own the... Uh, the quite rare um, Space Channel 5 Special Edition, which is both Chapters 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 2. Of course, you can buy Chapter 2 now on um, XBLA and everything, can't you? Um, mm. But sadly, you can't buy the original Space Channel 5 because of uh, because it's got Michael Jackson in it. That's the reason it will ne- probably never be re-released. I, I remember that guy, uh, that guy, that game having a, um, a particularly punishing timings to it. Remember mm. it being get really hard towards the end. Oh yeah, it's it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. The first game was again very much like Parappa in that its um its reading of your inputs was not mm. all you wanted it to be. The second game is better. That might be another reason why they tend to um why they haven't gone to the efforts of um you know censoring the Michael Jackson inclusion in the first game to re-release it because it's a bit pernickety. Yeah, the first time you see Ula La doing her space dance with pistols and aliens is a, a sight to behold. Yeah, that's a very funny game as well. And the, the, the bios for all the people that you rescue throughout the game are absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. We've ended up doing a comprehensive, well, semi-comprehensive, but uh, <laughs> let's crack on. Did anyone play Mad Maestro, uh, known as Bravo Music in no. Japan? This was a classical music one? I've heard about it. 
But it I've was, never really it was released it. over here. Do you remember uh, IDOS had a brief run of um, they they I can't remember what the name of the label was, but they they launched a label that was specifically aimed rather like uh, you know Rising Rising Star. Star. Yes, yeah. do now. Um, they decided <laughs> briefly. They they launched, they released a whole bunch of sort of more obscure Japanese games over here. One of them was this Bravo Music, which was redubbed Mad Maestro, and that that was uh, mm. it was quite short and quite easy, but had some had some charm to it. Sounds like that Nintendo product they kept saying they were going to release on the Wii. Well, there was Mad, yeah, that did come out Mad Mad Majors, whatever it was, um, and that is also by the Parappa the Rapper people, mm. uh, but it wasn't very well received, and I don't think many people have played it. But after Bravo Music or Mad Maestro came uh, probably one of the most famous games in the genre, and that's Guitar Man. Never played mm-hmm. it. Absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I yeah, love okay. this game. Um, one of my favourite moments in gaming is the Sambone Trio. Yes, is that what amazing. they called? Yep. Yeah, just uh, just great, really good music, and yeah. it is really hard. Um, I struggled quite a bit to get through the game, but. It's very satisfying, and it and it doesn't feel like it's cheating you. It's definitely like down to you, apart from one level. Um, uh, what's the one the with that infamous space shark? Yeah, that one's yeah. horrible. Yeah, the rest guy. of the game is great. I I I, I must uh, willy waving time here, but uh, I actually got through that game to the point that I was about halfway through it on expert mode, and that included being able to beat the uh, the infamous. Um, space shark buttons only level on expert mode but uh, i don't think i ever managed to get past oh no no actually maybe that maybe i didn't get that far i don't want to big myself up too much but i did find that i could perfect that level um but the one that i couldn't get past on expert was uh mojo king b i think there's a ridiculous section in the in the latter half but yeah that game is amazing and like parappa it did get a psp release didn't it yeah that's yeah. where i played it oh okay mm. um Darren, you really ought to play Guitar Man. It's... You know, this game we're talking about and the next couple games I've never played and I'm gutted, like genuinely gutted that I've never played these games because I think this was a time where I just had enough of rhythm um, games where I'd been dancing in the arcades of Milton Keynes for weeks on end and I was just like, oh, I'll have a little break. And then it's apparently loads, loads of good ones come out. Yeah, but I just sort of, I think around about this time I was just a bit fatigued on dancing to rhythms and stuff like that. This is where they start bringing in kind of analog sticks and the mm. things of matching up lines and stuff, and more than just button presses. Uh, yeah, so uh, harmonics burst on the scene as well in two thousand and one. I think we got it in two thousand and two. True to form uh, <laughs> with frequency, um, and that was the first rhythm game that I became properly hooked on, and it was the first rhythm game that. Rather than, uh, you know, I'd, I'd enjoyed many of the ones we've already talked about, but this was the one where I actually got a real endorphin rush from playing it. Uh, controversially, um, I actually still think Frequency and Amplitude are Harmonix's best games. Uh, I never got into Guitar Hero or Rock Band the same way I got into uh, Frequency and Amplitude. I think it's mainly because I don't really, I don't want to pretend to be a musician mm. uh, playing a, a fake instrument. I just want to interface directly with the music. So frequency and amplitude for me kind of were more appealing because of that. And of course, they have revisited similar mechanics with Rock Band Unplugged and we got Rock Band Blitz coming. So people yeah. who like that interface, uh, hopefully that will be a, a way for them to channel into that again. Did you have much opportunity to play with people rather than just, you know, 
frequency and amplitude are very much. Oh as... no, no. I mean, amplitude had some. Well, kind I know of that. I'm talking with Josh and, and playing rock bands and guitar. Oh elements. yeah, no, oh, I sorry, have. Right. It's yeah. uh, it's just that I hate other people. No, um, <laughs> no. It's just that I liked when when. When I play these games, I like going into that zone where, mm. you know, that it's hard to explain, that zen experience of playing a game. Oh, we all know the zone, yeah, come on. And it's hard for me to do that uh, in multiplayer games. Um, and also, I don't have any fantasies about becoming like this rock star or anything like that. For me, the best um, music games are the ones where it's me directly interfacing with the music, where it's just me... Oh, I sound like a pretentious twat now, but like you know, melding, melding with the music and becoming one with it, or whatever I you know want to exactly call it. What you mean? But I found, you know, I don't particularly harbour um, rock fantasies, but I just found that the guitars went once Guitar Hero came along, and then Rock Band, um, and also the drums were, were were perhaps an even more sort of natural evolution immersive well it's yeah it's not just that though it's like josh is automatically sort of associating the the plastic instruments with a sort of a fantasy a wish fulfillment thing but I, d I didn't really see it that way for me it was just another way of completely engaging with the music and for me it were as much as i can still feel my fingers twitching playing frequency right now as i'm talking about it the feeling i got later from playing guitar hero from 2005 onwards and then onto rock band was every bit as utterly you know sort of um you know transcendent okay my 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 comments were slightly un, unfair i i just meant for me it was a barrier oh totally yeah. yeah i mean i loved i absolutely love frequency and amplitude and um i almost when rock band unplugged came out i almost considered getting a, a psp again just to to sort of relive that um but uh, yeah, for me, obviously, Harmonix went on to make Guitar Hero, and then we won't do the whole history of what happened next. Um, Harmonix ended up going off and doing Rock Band, and for me, Rock Band's two and three are two of the greatest games of this generation. No, they mm -hmm. are two of the greatest games of all time. For me, very much in my personal top five epic shelf, whatever you want to call it. You know, Guitar Hero went off and then Neversoft made it and Activision milked it and people didn't want their house full of plastic instruments anymore. We know, we know what happened. Well... I lost I lost about eighteen months of my life yeah, playing drums. And there's, yeah, and I still so. have my my Iron Rocker out here, and I you know I mm -hmm. don't play it as often as I'd like to, but I don't like I don't consider it a thing of the past for me. You know, it's just it's a, it's an epic game that I own that I still enjoy to play. I still have two guitars, a keyboard, you know, and and a drum kit and. And, and, a, and several microphones <laughs> and um and yeah you know we one day we will do a rock band show because it's an important game to several of us on the team so i i think it's kind of you know it's kind of sad that people now consider that one of the greatest games of all time as a fad um and i think we can mostly blame activision for that so anyway uh this is not that show um harmonics went on to make dance central so that's kind of a you know return to the ddr stuff but only with connect instead of a massive d-pad on the floor would you not say that something like Res fits in this? No, list because you, none, the control. Not the really. Game, yeah, it's a the, shooter. The, although the the sound of the game. Although you are controlling the, no, the you're sound. Not. The, the, that, no, you're not. That's, not really. That's, that's, that's not right. All all that happens is is that the sound is quantized to fit in with the music. Your actual interaction with the game is not rhythmic in any way. Well, apart from if you do everything on the beat, you end up with combos and multipliers, which makes no, the that's game that much more immersive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work in Res. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I mean the last my last experience is with Charlie, and it's been a, a good while since I've played. Yeah, Res doesn't have that mechanic. Um, but yes, no good point about Child of Eden. 
So yes, we've more recently we've had the Just Dance games. They're still selling well. Um, DJ Hero, of course, was kind of like a return to Beat Mania in a way, um, but did it a lot better, mm. did it very well. Um, and of course, the ultimate evolution of the guitar was that uh, we ended up with the expert controllers on Rock Band, and then uh, Seven Four Four Five Studios made that god awful, by all accounts, power gig rise of the six string. But then, just a year later, uh, Ubisoft apparently knocked it out of the park with Rocksmith, another sort of guitar training, mm. which we're still apparently going to get over here in the UK later this year. But um, on the handheld front. There were, well, on the DS, uh, some famous ones were Digasso Band Brothers, and that came out in 2004 before the DS was even launched over here, and eventually we got a version mm-hmm. of it called Jam With The Band in 2010. Darren? Yeah, my second favourite rhythm action game on, on the handheld, with Rhythm Heaven being the top. Uh, I imported Digasso Band Brothers way back in the day, uh, 2004, because, you know, it was a Nintendo game that was that was interesting to me. It came in a big cardboard box with its own earphones and mm. it was yeah it was all like a, a complete package and a, a totally new way to play a game for the looks of things it was sort of like like sheet music on the top screen and it it, it only used touch screens very basically like it would ask you to press the touch screen at a certain time uh, but there'd be like a like on the top screen there'd be like sheet music as i said and uh it a b x y l and r and you had to press them in certain combinations and it was just absolutely ridiculously hard by the end of it but there was a time round about the middle game. Uh, it was like Zen gaming all over again, where you're playing uh, F Zero music, Super Mario music, Zelda music, and even like really classical pieces from Beethoven and you know all, all the good ones. You um, can link up lots and lots of uh, DSs. Yeah, yeah. With, with the European one, you can even link it up to uh, a Wii, and you can play it through your, your TV as well. So you can all play through your TV speaker, uh, you know, your mm. TV speaker through the Wii. Uh, there's, a, there's a jam with a band channel on the on the WiiWare shop or whatever they call it. And uh, yeah, I've I've done it once when I used to work at um, Mastertronic, and it was mm-hmm. utterly bonkers because you'd all be sitting in the corner of your office and like, sure, turn to play the triangle, <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, and, like, and it was just like, yeah. Again, like another sort of weird moment in gaming where I never thought I'd be playing the oboe as a as a solo, you know, in, in a part of a group. Yeah, it was very. I could see it being very immersive, like you know, when, when there's a group of you all together who wants to really get involved. But I think really we just wanted to play Smash Bros. And uh, yeah, it's a game I quite often see knocking around cheap. It's not hard to get hold of, and it isn't expensive. But um, I think it it doesn't. It's not really got much for a solo player, has it? Is that fair? It, the Japanese one has got so much more really? than the, the European release. It's got, yeah, well, I, I bought both of them, uh, foolishly got rid of the Japanese one mm. when I got the English one. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's just, you know, I can now read it and understand yeah. what the t- tutorials mean. And the, cause, like, trying to get into the Japanese version when she's treats, when, when the weird bat creatures t- training you how to play the game, it took me forever to get past it because mm. it's quite punishing. And I was like, oh, I can understand it now. So now I can breeze through it. But then I was flicking through all the, um, you know the the catalogue, the jukebox, and it was like, well, where's the the theme from the Hovis advert? Come on, that's how I know it as uh, New World Symphony, yeah, hmm. yeah, that's the one. Well, that's weird because, like, I was going to say, oh, maybe they lost rights to a certain piece of music, but that that would be, um, you know, that's uh, public domain, isn't it? I think what they did, they had a DLC shop for the European one and the Japanese one, but I couldn't get in because it mm. recognised me from a different continent. Uh, and I think at later stages they kept filtering, you know, drip feeding you songs from different Nintendo games and the Hovis theme tune. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it was a shame just to see like they'd sort of strip the game bare. And even though the DLC was free, it, it mm. wasn't there and I wasn't really 
invested in the, the other significant uh, perhaps you know disregarding various uh, handheld uh, guitar heroes that m- sort of accordion hand cramp simulators that uh, they did uh, the, the main one was Ostatakai Uendan um, which became Elite mm. Beat Agents 1 and 2 over here uh, it, I mean it wasn't just a straight localization I believe they changed a lot of the music and that's why I'll always prefer the Japanese version because um, I would rather play along to those uh, quirky and exotic uh j tunes rather than things like bucking jamiroquai <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's always the way with the rhythm games like the, the japanese version just always seems that much cooler and i don't know if that's because we can't understand it and therefore you don't really know well we'll talk about on. this later because um, there's the option to you have the option in the wii version and uh well the, the european version don't that, that you make me jealous oh, man. not in the american version <laughs> no Oh shit! No. Okay, oh, so it's not always the best to import stuff. Ah, do you Shut feel? Up. Uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> later anyway. And I, I did play both uh, um, Japanese and European versions of the the DS game. So, yeah. So that was just for context, really. Um, we're all obviously, uh, to some degree, other fans of the genre. Mm-hmm. So the original Rhythm Tengoku came out in 2006, which when you think about it, it was actually, this was around the same time as Guitar Hero 2. It came out on the PS2, maybe just before. So that's uh, con- contextually, I think that's sort of relevant because this game seems very simple uh, compared to that. So neither Josh nor Tony played the GBA original. Darren, you did, right? Oh, absolutely. When people were talking about this being uh, wary aware yeah. with music, ah, you couldn't get me more excited for this game. It was a day one. Import. That was the shorthand version, wasn't it? WarioWare with music. Um, yeah. The funny thing Indeed. is that um, Nintendo SPD Group Number One, who uh, developed this, actually they weren't the original Mario. Uh, sorry, WarioWare team. They went on to get involved with WarioWare with t- uh, Twisted and Touched and Smooth Moves. Um, but actually, uh. I think the original WarioWare was probably Intelligent Systems. I think mm. that's right, yeah. Uh, but you can understand why they called it that, because the, the, even the, the very first mission is the, the karate man who punches rocks mm-hmm. and light bulbs and barrels and stuff. It's got WarioWare sound yeah. effects in it, and uh, you can totally understand the, the comparison. But when I was playing it again recently, it actually plays nothing like a WarioWare game, where WarioWare is literally mm. five seconds, mm-hmm. five seconds, so loads of mini games in one stretch, whereas Rhythm... Micro games. <laughs> micro games, indeed. And Rhythm Tengoku is literally... You know, a Parappa Rapper style, play one level for yeah. a minute. Or although the GBA mini or mini games or you know rhythm games, they seem quite long in comparison to the Wii version. Okay, well, let's, uh, we can talk about this. The structure of all three games in this trilogy are almost identical. So you start off with a uh, well, you start off really with only one song available to you, don't you? Um, but you mm-hmm. can yeah. see that you have what like six levels to play. I can't remember. Isn't it four levels and then one for the remix? Oh, sorry, yeah. I meant chains of you know chains of levels. But yeah, you have you have uh, four stages or five stages. I think it's five in the DS version. Um, before you have a remix, mm. which it features uh, it chopping and changing between the uh, previous music game. So you have to uh, use your acquired rhythmic skills to get yourself through that. Um, now the presentation of all three games that it is slightly it has evolved slightly the gba version in particular had a very sort of rough and deliberately so rough and ready look to it yeah and i'm wondering if that's because they uh, it's deliberate that it didn't have a you know the best presentation but i'm wondering if that's because they weren't 100 percent confident in the game 
in the market, so they didn't put all their mm. efforts into it. And and therefore they saw the sales of the GBA one like skyrocket in Japan. So then they put a not more effort, but you know, a bit more time and money into the sequels, uh, you know, in terms of like artist artistic design, I guess. Uh but the GBA one it always I I remember the GBA one impressing me more than the other two. And I'm not not I don't know if that's because I played the GBA mm. one first and therefore it's got the Mario syndrome. And it was like, six oh, years ago. The best thing well, ever. So. Yeah. Uh but like seeing the little mice mm. run across the table, you know, like you don't, not that you don't really get that in the other two, but that that just sort of, and, and the ghost that's bob, bobbing behind the door. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit, but like those two things for me, like, I, but it never really got better than that. I do tend to agree that the first one is perhaps the the sort of the most quirky and has the most sort of imaginative and surreal uh, settings. Although, you know, they all do to a degree, but I think with each one they've become slightly more sort of safe in the... I know it seems crazy. If you played uh-huh. some of the games in the Wii version, you'd probably think, what the hell? Because um, <laughs> the GBA version really was sort of, you know, a bit mad. Um, anyway, sorry, uh, sidetrack from the structure. So, yes, uh, you will complete four or five tunes and then a remix version. Uh, you will repeat this process up to six times. And then at the end of the sixth uh, remix, that is your basic completion in that it it makes it very clear. This is this, this is true of all the games. Actually, is it, it might not be six on the... It might be seven, seven on the week, yeah. Um, it says, look, the game's not over you've seen all of the fundamental games at this point. Um, so it gives uh. you the credits roll. Then it unlocks more levels, which are longer and more difficult versions of the same songs you've already played. Uh, and they tend it tends to mix up the graphics a bit, it gives you some sort of surprises in terms of what's going on in the backgrounds and, and things like this. Dozens and dozens of little touches. Um, and then the remixes start to become remixes of not only the games you've just played but also bits of games from the entire suite of songs you've played up to this point right yeah because what you rely on when you're you're playing the first standard set of four games is that you're relying on kind of the pattern recognitions and knowing the beat yep. of that stuff which really helps you in the remits because sometimes that segment of each one of those games could be one two beats long or they could be yep. 10 beats long so as long as you've got the beat and the memory of the mind what that beat is, then you're pretty safe. But as, when they when they start messing up the remixes and bringing other mm. games on that maybe you played an yeah. hour ago, thus mm-hmm. if you haven't got the beat ingrained in your head, you're like, uh, and that can throw the whole uh, thing off until you come back and try it um, Other mechanics that each version shares are the the fact that to get through a game, it's, uh, it's, it's a simple process of either fail, you do it okay enough, to go on or you do it superbly and get a shimmery gold icon of some kind uh hmm. if you get a superb on one there's the chance to pop back to it later on and uh, get a perfect on it as if that wasn't enough um and uh getting a superb nets you a medal which unlocks a ab- absolute raft of novelties mini games unlockables text stupid little things music yeah on the wii one which you know i've been currently re- replaying for all the medals uh i just literally today found out that if you go to the extra games if you've got enough medals it unlocks gba ones for you there's four gba games in there from the tengoku version i was I, I was buzzing i was like the, the ghost the ghost bobbin oh, one I think it's sweet okay. spirits that he's been there. translated into american as well as it were because you for your version um there was no like um 
There's no lyrics in the no. Ghost Bobbin behind the wall game. I can't remember the name of it, but they had the the monkey yes. trio that clap. I love them. Uh, the <laughs> the monkey toad uh, tap dancing. Yes. Oh, they, it's all the favourites. Yeah, and there's one more which eludes me at the moment. This makes me sad because I'm just I'm not good enough to give spoilers for this game. <laughs> I'm just not good enough to unlock so many of those medals. So so much of that content when I went into those extra screens were, yep, come back when you've got 21 medals. I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to have 21 medals. One of my medals. sort of negatives in my summary is that a lot of the un- a lot of the unlockables are locked out to the vast majority of players majority i mean of players, i think yeah. you know the, the the game says when when you complete remix six or whatever it is that you know the first time you get a credit sequence it says well done not many people make it this far you know it's like yeah i'm not surprised <laughs> this game's pretty tough uh so um would you say i've covered the basic fundamentals of the structure of a of a rhythm tengoku heaven game that sounds pretty much yeah pretty much right um short games where you need to get Yep. The beat right. If you do that in whatever the, the four games, it unlocks the next game, and then you progress as, until you get the ultimate remix of everything. It's pretty simple, actually. In the end, it's the um the, the actual grading system we're talking about. It's it sort of teases you. It go it will go blip, and it will bring up one lot phrase like, "Oh, you did, you did well." Dot dot dot, and then it goes delip, and you're like, "Oh," well, and then that could change very on how well you do, and mm. be like, "But you weren't so good on that part." Mm. And it's good that it gives you little like tips as where to improve. Um, but it's sort of like the who wants to be a millionaire approach to like giving you the result. It's like, come back after the break. It's sort of like that. Te- it's teasing <laughs> you. It's like, well, how, how have I done? Tell me now. And then it gives you the fail, you know, and all the squiggly try line. Like the, yeah. Try again. <laughs> Boo. And the little teardrops. Yeah. yeah and the horrible music quite, plays. Quite depressing. But, and it, it, it can be a frustrating game. Don't you think at times? Because you don't uh, know sort of, although it does give you those little clues, like virtually every other rhythm action game, gives you some kind of ongoing guide as to how well you're doing, some sort of feedback. Now, mm. obviously, the animations, and we'll talk about the, the some of the sort of individual settings. Yeah, I, I think before we get into difficulty, we probably should describe yeah, some please of the do. gameplay. Go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, Darren, you're the expert. Some of your favourites. <laughs> you say expert. Uh, okay, yeah, so... Don't leave out the details, because the, the details are important. Mm. <laughs> well, if we go from the Wii version, uh, the very first game you play, other than the little tutorial bit where you press A to the beat, is um, you play a golfer on one island, and you have to hit the golf ball into the far distant island on the screen. And you press A. When the monkey, when the little chimp throws the ball, you press A in time with the music. On the beat, yeah. On the beat. So dun, and, dun, hit. Dun, yeah. dun, hit rather than seeing the actual on screen. Oh, absolutely. And the big baboon behind him, kind of scary, but cute. It's, uh, it's a mandrill, technically. But Sorry. Get your uh, facts right, <laughs> Darren. But before each of these games, you are uh, introduced to like a little tutorial practice session. So you're not thrown in the deep end straight away. They, they do teach you through it, like, you know, step one, when the chimp throws the ball, it's this many beats until you have to hit it. And it will not force you, because you can skip it, but it will make sure that you're good enough to naturally progress through the um for the level it's like oh well done is anyone else with me when i say that sometimes the tutorials are harder than the actual game yes in fact um my good friend paul was saying this he he, he picked up the uh beat the beat on the wii and he couldn't get past the first tutorial <laughs> he, he got completely stuck and couldn't get past <laughs> oh, it and the only way that he learned how to play the game was to skip the tutorial because a bit like um mm. a guitar hero you know some people play with or rock band some people play with um is it uh, Hyper mode? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, yeah, mm. it's, so it speeds up what's mm. on the screen. And that's basically what he was saying was that the tutorial was so slow 
but it was actually for Omen off yep. the beat, and not not until he actually got into the full game that the, uh, the yes. beat was there for him to yes. hit. So sorry, Darren, carry on. So yeah, if you've you know if you're progressing through the story, uh, not the story through the levels, <laughs> there's no story at all actually. <laughs> um, no, not really. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the man, the mandrel will throw a secondary golf ball um, at a different sort of beat, and you press the A and B button together to again yeah. hit it into the um, into the, far on the beat island, and then on the off beat for a different character throwing it. Yeah, uh, but there are different types of games. There's like a Simon Says game, like we mentioned earlier, where you know they'll they'll do something on the left-hand side of the screen. It may be a monkey tap, tap dancing. And then you have to see the cues and pretty much respond to it immediately. It's quite hard to explain, but um, there's one on the Wii uh, called Flipper Flipper Roll, is it? With the, mm-hmm. the little sea lions on the snow. And there's a guy in the background and he'll pretty much instruct you during the game, uh, during the song, uh, what to do. And um, it's one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. Yes, that level is particularly adorable. Uh, obviously, you're not going into zoology, uh, Darren, because those are seals, not sea lions. <laughs> <laughs> my God, I went to the zoo yesterday as well, and you think you think I would have scrubbed up on my animalistics? Animalistics. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yes. Yeah, so uh, let's. I'm, I'm just going to use some because there, there's so much weird shit that happens in these games that uh, it's hard to actually remember. But just looking at the backs of the boxes here, uh, one of the levels you have to you're you're a little space invaders type spaceship at the bottom of the screen and you shoot enemies and asteroids uh, in the sequence that they appear that's actually rather like a space channel 5 level um another one you're a uh, an onion picking man throwing uh, things into your backpack uh, another one you're a multicolored lizard uh, in some kind of mating ritual where you're uh, using <laughs> your own back like a one of those scraper i don't know what those instruments are called uh, table tennis that one's really hard. That's that's one of the games where you really, really don't want to judge what you're doing based on the visuals or the animation mm. and use the music instead. I find some yeah. games are easier to complete if you actually don't look at the screen. Uh, now, they sound kind of weird, like the, you know the table mm. tennis and you know the, the the lizard scrubbing its back. But then when you go back to the GBA one and there's the onion where you're plucking hairs yeah, out of yeah. its chin yeah. to, in the bits of the music, that's sort of a good example of how the GBA one. Is slightly, you know, a bit more bonkers mm. and yeah. But see, to me, the, the table tennis makes pure, you know, complete sense if for somebody that hasn't played this because you can hit, you know, you can almost visualize and hear that ping pong yeah. ball making the the sound that you need on the beat. So, you know, yeah. tung over the net, tung over the net, tung over the net. So there's a constant mm. beat through that ping pong. Where if you're talking about the seals, for instance, like a seal doesn't make a well, it, I'm sure it makes a, a noise as it rolls. <laughs> not necessarily it's not rhythmic. Something, yeah, it's not something naturally that your brain can process. So it's it's all about perfect okay, on like, that you can level. See actually, the visual, yeah. Awesome. You can see the visual bit, so you can work out where that is, and it's more about the tune rather than the sound of the actual well, instrument or app, application they're using application B in a, uh, a ping pong bat. Yes. Table tennis So uh, the GBA game, there's one where, yeah, where you're, uh, you're one of three mice scurrying along a table behind some plates and you have to hide when the cat pops up. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, Easter Island heads, um, some kind of courting ritual uh, popping out of the ground at each other. Uh, a row of five um, sort of soccer players in purple skin tight suits playing keepy uppies in the cosmos uh a man sorting uh bugs from sweets as part of his job um simple one taking off rockets uh seesawing little things uh little microbes rowing about under a microscope 
interviewing a wrestler in rhythmic form, striking. Oh, so good. <laughs> that's a cult. That's a cult classic, and, isn't it? Uh, tap dancing, so... obviously, uh, pronging beans on a fork. Um, so each each uh, instalment in this series has around fifty uh, sort of basic games in it, which you can imagine. There's a fairly wide variety of things that happen, and genuinely, sometimes the animation will completely take you by surprise. There's one you're marching uh, 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 some cute birds along on the Wii version, and then um, at some point it, it it zooms into his eye. No, it zooms out. That's right. It, it zooms out, much like the the off step one in the DS oh, one where there's these guys, there's, the, there's like a whole, I don't know, myriad of guys Marching holding their heads, uh, their headphones. Yeah. And they're sort of, you know, they're sort of bopping away to the music. And then all of a sudden it will completely F with you. It will totally mess you up and it will just zoom out and out and out and, and it, out. And, uh, and they and form the image of uh, somebody's head. It's it's because you can name these things, and if you played the game long enough, you can actually pick the tune out. Mm. Um, and bear in mind, there's 50 games in each one of these, so there's a hell of a lot of little sim- synthesized tunes that you can yes. hear. So, like, I know the the flip flop one was where it went, it was going like, and each one of those doing it was the bit where you tap and flip the flop on your feet. And mm-hmm. like I say, you the imagery was fantastic, but that wasn't the thing you should ever be yeah. looking at because that would throw you Absolutely. off entirely. It was all about the dun 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 following that and sometimes you don't get that first time round, but second time round, okay yeah there's an extra maybe one or two beats in there i can follow that but it it's a it's a harsh mistress the first time you play many of these games i found there's a couple of yeah, dogs playing the... badminton with each other while flying airplanes ah oh, that's nice. that's the one where i found it easiest to yep. close my eyes and play yeah um, those things here. like um, found... deliberately obfuscates your vision by throwing clouds and changing yeah. the lighting and putting you in the dark and all that kind of thing but let's get back to that. And we just we kind of just say that, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to anybody that hasn't played this game. You close your eyes and play. You... Well, that's the great thing about this game. It never gives you on-screen button prompts as to what to do, like, in terms of playing the game. Mm-hmm. It's all done through visuals I on the on-screen animation. If, if a partially sighted person could play this game purely by audio. I'd, I'd reckon they could play it fine. Yeah. Um, I, th- yeah. I think there are some games where you could, like the previously mentioned uh, Dog and Pussycat Badminton oh, it a cat as well, uh, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, some other ones, like the um, the rapping one you could possibly do uh, just by hearing. But there are some where I think the visuals are important. Um, I'm trying to think of one now that I've said that. Uh, there is one for me, which is... Uh... Cheerleader girl, mm. um, yes, no, the bro- yeah. And actually, I I think that's somewhat one of my criticisms of the game is like I I almost prefer if they just stuck to one or the other, you know, because it, it throws you off. You go in there and like, okay, well, I think that was almost one of the first ones that came along. It was like, well, if you actually follow the beat, you can't play this at all. There's 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 just nothing to the beat that you can work out this, and it's actually all done by the girl, the you know, cheerleader girls, by counting one, two, three. And she's outside of what the beat is in the background. So it's like, okay, I've worked that out. I need now I need to follow that and ignore the music, which is one of the, the only times I think they, they mess around, certainly on the, uh, the Wii one, but it threw me for a loop for a second. Well, I would say it's still in time with the music. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of the ones I experimented with, which was, you know, can you shut your eyes and play it to? Well, I think, I think you, know. you could. You okay. But I, I don't know. On the DS, there was one called... But is it pentascale? Is it where you have to like flick a little tiny sort of pellet into these tiles, 
and like you know then knock them down it's all is it built to scale i can't remember and it. it's like a piano scale going up from low to high and uh, i was yeah, telling you're you're basically i think all of the games have one where you're building widgets on a production line it's i mean it's completely abstract what's actually yeah. happening but yes you're that's fundamentally it and when i've introduced the ds version to you know my girlfriend and their family they're like oh what are you playing because it sounded it sounded amazing like you know that when you hear this game playing and like it just sounds absolutely bonkers and people were intrigued and i was handing it around to all the family members and i was just like play, play the first one and they were struggling and then i was i told them just you know just to close their eyes and just you know not imagine it but sort of feel the beat and then all of a sudden they were improving drastically because they found the the on-screen visuals were yeah. distracted them from from the music this is the bizarrest feeling though for that one one of those in particular i know there's the robot filling up so you fill them up with fuel and it gurgle gurgles into the very top mm. when you know to let go and then you got the one where it's the screen, the heads mm. back, the screen, the heads on. Mm. So the- uh, that's that is one where I have to be able to see what's going on on screen to get that right. <laughs> the uh, when when you're the screw bots, for some reason I can't use the audio <laughs> cues for that one. I need to see the head get to the bottom and then move on. It's odd, isn't it? Because to me, that that is one of the ones where you can hear the physically hear the screw <clears> being tightened. So it's like, and you know, at the just before the zip bit is where you need to stop. And I tried that with the visual part, and you know, found it a little bit more harder than just kind of almost taking my eyesight away from the screen. And that's probably one of the biggest criticisms I've got with the game is that it's potentially ultra hard for someone who doesn't really play games or rhythm games at all like people may not progress past the first one ever and i'm wondering maybe they should have stuck a difficulty thing in there where it's like you know you didn't do so well after 10 tries maybe make it a bit easier for you, <laughs> well, do you know what they I mean? do they do um after the first game they did add the york you there's one of the weird features is in the middle of there's various uh non uh, game opening icons, uh, so one of which is your there are various unlocks and things, but one of them is your barista. You go and visit this uh, coffee serving dog, um, who says various things to you. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, but also one of the thing, one of the services he offers is uh, if you keep failing a game, uh, it will indicate go and speak to the barista, and he'll say, "I notice uh, you're having a bit of trouble with that one, so <laughs> do you want to skip that one for now?" So, or actually, says, "Do you want, do you want me to play it for you so we get a general idea?" Oh of yeah, what well, that's been... uh, on the DS version. He doesn't do that. That's uh, that's nah. a wee. That's one of those modern Nintendo. Do you want us to do this bit for you? Things. Yeah, well, even in the the uh, the tutorial area, if you're messing enough up enough in the tutorial area, they actually show you press. Yeah, one, again, that's sort of friendly stuff they've added in the latest mm. version, which is probably a good which thing. Is, um, Needed because I mean, if you talk about the history of these games, I didn't have the one on the GBA, but I did own. Um, I think it was upon day of release, uh, the mm. DS version, um, and I believe I got two games in. So oh. we're we're up to the singing people. <laughs> Glee club. Um, oh yeah, the Glee club. Yeah, the Glee club. Um, just got just stuck on it. Just couldn't for whatever really? reason. Yeah, just couldn't. Have you, have you done we, it? We're now? talking a few. Yeah, no, well, you've I've posted pictures of how you know I've done, essentially <laughs> oh, I, I haven't done all the remixes on the DS one, no. but um, yeah, back that was back then, and I think you know my tolerance was clearly like mm. oh, okay, fine, if you want to be this brutal, then that's fine. Um, and I, even um, my sister-in-law had that game as well, and she brought it brand new, uh, and got stuck on that exact the same um, one, and then still has the game to this day up on the shelf, but never I passed that second one. I think all three games actually, the difficulty curve is all over the place on all three games, like. Oh. Sometimes uh, this afternoon I've been absolutely rattling through the the Wii game, and I think I you know there was there were like a couple of songs that took me two or three tries on like the fourth level. Now I'm on like ninth stage, and I'm I, I know it's partly practice, but 
some of them are just obviously objectively easier than some of the levels from way before and that's that's been true of all three games and putting in a, a second level that a lot of people couldn't get past or it yeah because i think it offered up new ideas of control that perhaps people they should have just mm. had like a whole slew of levels that were just tapping the screen to start with before they started doing the holding and flicking you know uh we need to actually talk about that the, the control differences between the three versions well i was i was gonna say as well on the on the ds one i think it was just a maybe a lack of foresight of people that maybe would be playing this game. I remember it being one of these ones they stuck it on adverts like, oh, anybody can play this game. Look, it's tapping to Mm. the rhythm on the screen and it's suitable for all. And, you know, as much as I generation series, it was given that label, which uh, actually Mm. is really quite a hardcore game. Nicole Kidman was probably playing it or something. Yeah, totally. It was, you know, Ronan Keating and Harry Redknapp and people like that when when no they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't play this game but if, if you're someone like darren who's a master at this it would seem like i can almost see him not even bothering with the tutorials and just going straight in there getting the general feel of it retry and off we go yeah. again but um i think you know for me I, i'm i i'm fairly good at rhythm games you know guitar hero and and good at bone, drums well, guitar and rock band yeah the drum stuff you know i can hold my own on hard and expert um going back to the frequency days and guitar room uh, Guitaru man, um, all the way back to you know Buster Groove and Papa Rapper. And by the way, Rock Band Expert drums is way more complicated than mm. this. You know, that's that's the thing about this. It is this stripped back, pure rhythm measurement. But I think that the the window it gives you on Rock Band, even on the higher levels, you know, is is more generous than the window it gives yeah, they you. Just throw more notes rather than close the, the yeah, window. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the wind, you know, to, and this is exactly where I come in and, and I had some real problems with this where certainly in the DS one, and I think this is what put me off first time, they, they throw the tutorial at you, but they don't really like, okay, this is how you do it. And then that's it. There's, there's no other tips outside of that. It's like, oh, maybe you're actually, you're just hitting too early. You can tell this by, you know, there may be one of the characters' faces slightly scrunching mm. up or a slightly offbeat sound. I love it. The levels where the people you're doing whatever with, clapping or cheering, give you a dirty look when you mess up. That yeah. is one of the best things about this series. But um, I think they could do a lot better job to ingratiate new players into saying, actually, no, you're just, you know, you're tapping just a couple of milliseconds too early, mm. slightly off the beat. They're more just like, well, you know, just guess, like you're not hitting it perfectly. You're not getting past the tutorial. Just like figure it out mm. yourself. Which is pretty hardcore, I think, considering I th- this was yeah, suitable for Again, all. Again, yeah, I think the Wii version, they've, they've addressed a certain amount of that. It goes a long way. Um, yeah. But uh-huh. yeah, the DS version just seemed to be a really weird idea where, where they took this, um, you know, the GBA game that hardly anyone outside of Japan had played um, and made a sequel to it that was actually, if anything, harder and then said, yeah, come on, everyone have fun with this fun music game. And actually it's really, you know, it's like harder than frequency, harder than amplitude and all these sort of niche core things. And it, and it kind of comes down to the scoring as well, because in, in well, I, I guess in Guitar Hero, you know, they still score you if you've missed it, you've missed it, but you can kind of hit it just at the wrong, wrong late mm. time and still just about clear that as a note, even though you know yourself that it wasn't precise. Um, in this game, if, if you're just a tad early, if you're a tad late, then it's technically a misnote. Mm. And I think that's what leads it so many times to being, actually, you need to try again. Even if you've kind of 90%ed the song, but slightly offbeat, yeah. rather than just saying, yeah, okay, like, here's maybe that, um, you know, 
screen at the end saying, well, these are how you know close or good or excellent mm. or perfect notes. They just, can't, they just go, try again? Yeah, it's really harsh like that. They they have added, or I, I'm not sure if it was in the GBO one because I played the whole thing in Japanese. So, um, and I, you know, I did finish it. I think all the way to Remix 10. Um, but uh, certainly in the DS and Wii versions, if even if you fail, like you, you don't know that you're going to fail before you get to the end. It's not like a classic Guitar Hero rock band game where you're, you can get booted out in the middle of the song, but it will just say after you've gone all the way through the song, they're not terribly long. Um, it will say you failed. But if you've only just failed, it will give you an encouraging message. Mm. Keep trying. Nearly done it. I do like that. It's, it's, they could they could do more to help out, you know, newcomers and people who are less less rhythmic than um, than I. But uh, yeah, it's just like the, the little speech mark bubble in the corner, just like keep trying. You're like, oh, like it's it's just a little touch that makes you want to try again. What what I do want to say on the flip side is that when you do actually do a perfect or an expert or anything like that, and you get yourself a gold medal, then you're like, oh wow, I actually you know I mastered this level because there is no leeway in that you know if you get a, a gold medal then you know congratulations you've hit 90 percent of that stuff on screen so for uh. you darren it must be i mean I, i've been watching your progress of you putting t- you know twitter pictures up <laughs> i'm just like in awe of going there's some there that i can't that i can't even figure how to get close to even you know passing like the monkey was it monkey wrench one was the one where you go on there the monkey on the clock face oh yeah and you're going it's around high five all the monkeys high five in the monkeys and then on the offbeat like i Still now, I I've never passed that one. I that was one. Really? Yeah, that was one I had to skip. I just like I, I would say that was one of the easier mm. ones. The ones I struggled with were the fishing mm. one. Easy, easy as anything. That one. <laughs> it's odd, find, isn't it? You yeah, found I'm, that I'm easy. Josh, I found the fishing one oh. harder and the monkey one a cinch. It's it's interesting. It must be to yeah. do with our internal rhythms or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the fishing There's... one's just a did did. Well, not no, because some of the fish aren't that at all. Yeah, it's just bluefish at like four on the fourth beat. Yeah. Where the monkey one was like a constant beat, which I, I clearly just couldn't match. You think again, being a, being a rock band drummer, that would actually be easier in all. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So you're. Well, yeah. I guess what we're saying is that uh, to to our listeners, your experience may vary, you know, wildly <laughs> from game to game to ours. Um, one thing I want to bring up though, and I, I'm sure everyone will agree with this, but the DS game, um, I feel like is the weaker entry in the series, mainly because the stylus control never, ever feels yeah. 100% can we, reliable. Can we, can we go back before we talk about this? Yeah, do the Let's controls. talk about the, oh, the right. differences okay. between the three versions. So the GBA original, now I'm, I actually struggled to remember this. I was thinking, did it literally just use a button? <laughs> no, it didn't. It used the nah. A button and some D-pad controls, I think. Yeah, there was um, a mini game or a, a rhythm game where you your Using forks on a on a plus, so a That's fork right. can poke out from the other side of this plus. The plus is the D pad. Uh, yeah. There's pipes surrounding this plus symbol. Yeah, and the plus is the D pad. And then as they zoom through the pipe, you'd use the directional pad to yep. hit the the blob or ball inside That's the pipe. That's right. And there were some left and right commands in games, which again, if you're playing it in the Japanese version on a Game Boy Micro with a tinny little speaker, obviously you used to play it with headphones or. Uh, Mm-hmm. the handheld versions um and they're telling you left and right in japanese in funny little robot voices that made it an extra little bit difficult until you got to learn the, uh, the games but yeah so d-pad and one button i think for the game boy advance original uh 
That yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, forgive us if we're wrong. It's been a long time. Um, I don't own it anymore. The DS version, yes. Yeah, so as Josh was about to say, it's uh, tapping, which makes perfect sense and works very well. But they added this flicking mechanic, um, so uh, it can be used to often you'll touch and hold the screen and then flick something to, to, for instance, make your frog troop spin or your dolphins leap out the water or, or whatever. But yes, I tend to agree. The, um, it never feels quite precise enough. And before we talk about that, where, you know, whereas the GBA version with its excellent D-pad and buttons felt absolutely precise, you know, it started off with this A button tapping measure as the Wii version has. And you think, yep, you know, that uh-huh. is, it's pretty pernickety, you know, I mean, well, it's precise. But it mm-hmm. absolutely works. And then you went on to this slightly more analog DS version, and it, and it just never quite sat true. The Wii version, no waggle, no D-pad, no nunchuck, but A and B buttons. And that is it. Um, a or A and B together. No B button on its own. No one or two buttons. That's it, isn't it? A and B. Thank God for that. Yeah. Like, when they announced the I'm Wii so version. I'm so grateful, yeah. Yeah, when they announced the Wii version, I was like, new Rhythm Heaven, like, day one. It's have shaking maracas in it. And I saw, like, the images of the fork picking mm. the peas up from the table. I was like, <laughs> they're going to do waggle. And I, I, like, I was gutted. And then the more I researched into it, it was just like, no, literally just A and B. Or A. <laughs> I, I know this is going to sound weird because like, I completely agree with you guys. But on the other hand, I went back to the DS1 today. So I played the DS1 first. Um, was utterly frustrated with some of the flicking stuff yeah. on there. Um, the tapping stuff was, was you know, perfect. But found myself the flicking stuff never being quite as happy as I wanted to. But it, you know, it worked in regards of what they were trying to do on screen. But sometimes just the the precise control was let it down. Um, and you know, I obviously played a lot of the Wii Wii One, and I was like, oh yeah, they kept it simple. Thank God for that, because you know, could you imagine doing this with the Wii Remote? I went back to the DS one today just to kind of you know refamiliarize myself with with the control mm. method on that, and kind of just found myself going, you know what, I'm. I wish they would try maybe some of the mini games or just something that used the yeah. waggle. It didn't have to mess it. <laughs> no, 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 hear me out. Because, you know, it's like that is a major part of what the Wii is. Like they, mm. they try to, you know, try to almost go, well, you know, that doesn't exist. And I understand why. At the same time, it's like, well, that is one of the Wii strengths. And not to have any of that included, Not doesn't have to necessarily be in the main game, but in one of the side games or just almost like, a little side project of like this is what it could have been if we mm. used the functionality the way. So stuff like there on the on the DS one, there's the monkey drums, um, which is kind of tap on the screen. And I was thinking, you know what, you could have done something like that with the remote. It's not yeah. completely imprecise. I, I mean, I, you know, as, the, as 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 a as a non fan of Waggle, uh, I'm pretty happy that we've seen like you know we covered Kirby's Epic Yarn recently. Just used the Wiimote on its side. Uh, I think I believe Metroid Other M did the same. It's almost like in the the latter part of the Wii's life, they focused far more on games with traditional controls. As there's true, but like Sam Samio Amigo, like that was good fun. That was, that was years ago. Um, but, true, but um, yeah, but the Wii version of that didn't work because of the waggle was crap. So uh, it, it I, I guess it may mean they would have to alter some of their, you know, their strict timing. But as something outside of the main game, I, mm. I would have, I think, I would have really taken something like, okay, yeah, there's some neat ideas here. You know, even if it wasn't Forsters onto the player because you know you need yeah. precise control, but it felt to me like it was a, a slightly missed opportunity. From I mean, it's Nintendo themselves publishing it. They could have done so. maybe a. Uh, I mean, back in two thousand and six or seven, they probably could have got away with doing a Rhythm Tengoku 
smooth moves, you know, like they did with Wario, where it was mm. all about the uh, the motion control when they were trying to sell that as a thing. Whereas now they're almost trying to get away with it because it's got a stigma attached to it. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame that, like you say, Tony, I, like, Waggle is. I'm glad it's not in there, but like you say, Tony, I'm, I'm sort of gutted they didn't put one, maybe two extras in there for people who did, like, you know, who got all the golds and maybe, like, here you go, this is your, is your award, check out a prototype of what this game could have been and yeah, like, pray to the, you know, thank the gods that it never happened. Remix, <laughs> remix 11. <laughs> I think for me, I, I just, I'd rather the complexity be the actual game itself rather than the controls. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to sacrifice the precision, precision I get from just two buttons just so they, I could experiment with a slightly different control scheme. I want those really creative levels instead of creative control. If I, if you get what Tony's I mean. Tony's right though. In all three games, there are those. Um, there's there's two kinds of unlockable mini game. There's your actual. Uh, there's a bunch of mini games with like high scores attached to them. So there's one where you're a bloke. You have to jump, skip over a metronome needle. Uh, there's oh, there's loads of them. Um, but there's there's a, there's a awesome one in the Wii game where it goes all 16-bit and it's sort of like Galaga. It is like this, you sort of play as like an angel type character, a woman, an angel. How many medals oh, do you need for describe. this, you bastard? For 40 <laughs> something. Never and, ends it, never. And it's sort of like a mixture between Galaga and Breakout where she's literally zipping across the bottom like so fast and you have to time the arrow shots upwards to hit the, the blocks mm. and it's that like one of the best Nintendo games in a long time and it's just tucked away in the yeah. corner behind this high high jump up the like middle that, uh, uh, Bird and Beans that was part of uh, Wario mm. wasn't it yeah, Wario game. and it ended up yeah. releasing it as its own um, separate <laughs> downloadable thing I think didn't they they did. Uh, but um, there's also, what I was going to say was, there's also all these just toys, basically uh, rhythm toys, I think they're called, which have no score attached to them. Some of them are completely inconsequential. Some of them are completely mad. Like there's one <laughs> where you're, you, um, you're just given a mobile phone pad and you're, you seem to have to work out what to text into it to find out what's going on. But there's other ones where you play a symbol, a hi-hat symbol, and you just tap it rhythmically to make a tune the longer you keep it going for the more of the tune is played so they could have put some something waggly in there i guess yeah oh that that phone is just the worst thing i've ever seen like we were like you've unlocked the phone have you like, you know, anything to put in it yet uh no <laughs> and that's what i mean it's just the worst thing ever like the barista will tell you have you tried putting this uh-huh. in uh, i can't remember what it was but you put something like car in and you phone someone up it's like and uh, you get you get a message and it's meant to lead you on to like this sort of mini game within a non-game but it's just rubbish we all just sat there like well, what what's going on this isn't even a game no i mean lots of them aren't they're just they're just like executive toys aren't they there's the one where you uh, yeah. move your um on the ds where you move your uh business card round in its little holder because obviously this is inspired <laughs> by somebody in real life playing with their business card in a holder just to make <clears throat> tappy tap noises and that is it uh there's another one where you have to try and stop a wind-up car isn't it in in a parking space yeah. and stuff like that there's a brilliant one on the ds where you have to flick a coin up and it, uh, it gives you like a basic drum beat when it's in when it's in the air and then you have to catch it as it lands on like the fifth beat so it goes and then you have to tap the screen again disappear it disappears. Mm-hmm. We had an awesome competition at work here when I was at Mastertronic. It was just like everyone was playing the, the flick the coin game. How far did you get? And it's like 309. You're like, oh my days, how'd you get there? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was one of the, it was like a, you know, a competition leadable thing. So 
quickly coming back to the controls for a second, I think that it's interesting because it's, I guess the DS is the one difference from the whole series. Although you know, One thing we haven't mentioned, of course, right. you ha- uh, hold the DS uh, vertically, 90 degrees to the normal way, uh, like a book. Very few, a few games do that, but not many. I don't like that. I mean, is, okay. is there any in particular that, that annoyed you? Because what I found is the reason it made me think, actually, this, this kind of could work. And we, there was two in particular. There was one called Love Lab, which mm. is somebody mixing a potion mm. up. And they throw it <laughs> to you. And then you need to shake it up, down, up, down, depending on how many times the beat tells you to do it. And then you need to swipe the stylus up to throw it up in the air for the next person to catch it on the chain. Mm-hmm. And after playing, you know, six, seven hours of the, the Wii one, I was like, wow, that's, that felt genuinely different. Um, from what I'd been doing all this time. And like that could have just been an A and B button press on the Wii one mm. and wouldn't have felt anywhere near as satisfying. Although, you know, it probably may have been a bit more precise, but that one in particular mm. worked well. Another one I'd bring up is there's one called Rockers where yeah, one person plays a you know electric guitar <laughs> tune and then you need to match the electric guitar tune by, you know, strumming on the screen pretending to be electric guitar. There is a there is a really good DS version mini game where you're scratching next to a guy and he sort of you know, he, he tells you what to do, and he goes scratcho, and then you have to flick the the the, the stylus to the music, and it just feels really satisfying. So they're not all terrible. Well, but to come back all the other the way is the I think I t- I talked to Leon about this the lizard one almost at the, the start or one where you need to use it as like a a shake and rattle, not a rattle. A, what's the thing you yeah, rub the I stick know, on I blocks? Still can't yeah, can't. Apologies, um, music you rub fans. a stick on a block and it goes. Oh, That's the one. Yeah, and I <laughs> couldn't. It's just once again, just that one threw me for a loop and took me ages to get past. And when it said "okay," I was like, "Oh, thank yeah, God!" Thank this, God. Yeah. Again, this this is weird because I didn't mm. struggle with that one, but I struggled with the Love Lab one. Mm. So we are. It's really weird people. how different that. Is. You have different <laughs> eternal rhythms. Um, the only one I've really struggled with on the DS is the farmer who's walking along side scrolly and you have to punch the um the turnips or you know punch the moles or hmm. collect the turnips as he's walking along that one really got me and i'm not too sure if that's because i was playing on a train and rocking or <laughs> i just couldn't get it but it took me literally a week to do weirdly i have a problem with the table tennis one even though it is very you know the the beats themselves are not difficult it's not syncopated in any way it's just the the swipe just never feels quite responsive enough and i end up getting a lot of yeah. um, you know where it just spins yeah. off and it's that's pretty frustrating how cool was it when it first zoomed out from the table and went into space and span around upside down and all sorts because the when you get to that point in the game where it doesn't really matter what's going on on the screen like, like zen gaming where you are literally the thing on screen where you you can't do a thing wrong and the game just pulls out and it's like yeah you are playing table tennis now i'm going to spin the camera around 720 degrees and send you yeah. into space just yeah, because even i can the, the gba like, game Phew. did stuff like that playing with 3d and things even in using you know obviously simpler effects and fewer polygons uh where the, the i remember the first remix suddenly you know instead of just hitting this baseball over and over again suddenly you're you've zoomed out and the thing you're actually controlling is a mm. speck in the distance and you just see the, the baseball <laughs> flying towards you through space but it's also it, uh, you know they do occasionally use um sort of yeah as well as like obstructing your vision they'll do just things to fuck about with things to put you off or make you laugh there's so many incidental touches in in the background and things like in the uh the the one where you're sorting things in an office and suddenly it'll just it'll go from the tutorial and this is quite normal where the tutorial only gives you a clue as to what the actual level is going to look like then it opens up into Mm -hmm. the proper song so in the tutorial for this one you've you're just this one guy and then suddenly 
shit, there's a, an, a massive row, like feedbacking <laughs> forever into, into this office of all people doing the same job. And then it, during the song, it starts to parallax from side to side. So you can see a little bit of mm. your character's face. And then, of course, you're naturally, because we're naturally drawn towards faces we, we're kind of going oh shit i can see his face oh i can see can i see his face? oh i've missed my missed my go so all that kind of stuff uh evil but clever well and that yeah they also throw the samurai one where you need to slice things coming out from a different dimension yes mm. um they, they're actually running an entire story in front yeah. of the action that you're doing because <laughs> the action once again is only on the beat and then a combo one which is an a and b press and it it's ridiculous because they're telling this big elaborate story in front of you mm. and you're you're kind of trying to peek over the characters telling this story because you're like i kind of want to watch what and if you mess it up the story stops being told and stuff like that so there's an incentive as well but that you know those sections really prove that you you are doing it mostly by the music but you are, are also relying on your eyes to an extent yeah and this rhythm heaven sort of solves my problem of ADHD and rhythm games where we're playing rock band it's all very the same you know notes come down from top to bottom and I sort of drift away in my mind I'm like what am I doing tomorrow oh I've missed a note you know what I mean and that, that's <laughs> just so my problem with rhythm games <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I've got rock band but is completely with... absorbing whereas this I'm very likely to start thinking about something else ah oh, no but with rhythm heaven like when it starts thunder and lightning with the samurai and you know things are in the way it's like it's keeping me alert because it's totally poking things in my face going don't lose concentration like I'm gonna you know you need to play inside. Beatles rock band or, I, yeah, I played that a lot, and that that, that was um, very reminiscent of Rhythm Heaven, where yeah. it's just like lovely visuals mm. on screen, and yeah, very it kept me kept me interested. What, how do you guys feel about? Um, because we've talked a lot about the standard kind of set of the game, but when when you've done the the standard set of levels in the Wii one, it's the seven sets, and on the others, it's, it's six, isn't it? You you unlock the ultimately the hard versions of these games, and I I like what they do. They I think the Wii one in particular is one I played more around with that stuff, which uh, the levels, they actually change a lot of the background. And the uh, characters quite often the mutes, well. Yeah, and they, and they certainly dress up differently. Um, they mix different elements together, but also the beat can be a hell of a lot faster, a hell of a lot yeah, quicker. Yeah, more complex. And, they yeah. throw, um, and quite often I found some of those games easier than the standard yeah. set because the rhythm was that much faster. And maybe I'm, I'm just used to playing faster rhythms through you know the the later games i've played in all these different other rhythm genres i think there certainly was um a few that were easier i found the golf uh the golf t- i forget what it's called but the, the you know the one, golf yeah. game with the monkey the second one of that i found a lot easier mm. than the first one simply because it was a faster pace i could keep the uh, rhythm going a lot easier but love rap 2 no, uh, is the bane of my <laughs> existence that? Uh, the rapper. <laughs> oh god that's yeah that's horrendous on the car the woman on uh, the, the car the first one i could deal with the first one i found that okay but the second one drove me insane i, yeah. I think i tried that 10 times before i finally got an okay on it and that's part of the reason why i'll never get gold on love rap 2 i've got 49 out of the 50 no. gold medals and i can't i can't you i can. can't you can no i can't <laughs> do it and i'll tell you why because they need to add uh, a retry button into this into this game, I, I feel. like If you're going to get to the end game of Rhythm mm. Heaven, they, you need a retry button. Because if you're going to... if You know you've messed up and never up to. Like, oh, I've missed that one. I'm not going to get gold. So you have to quit back out to the main menu and then look at the tutorial mm. bit again and the, the intro splash screen and stuff. Skip, 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 it skip, sounds, skip. Yeah. It sounds really minor, like, you know, these little things popping up. No, but... everyone knows that the, you know, everyone only, it only took games like Trials and Super Meat Boy. There's that 
mention of Super Meat Boy for this episode <laughs> hey. uh, to make people realise that all that uh, extra menu wrangling unnecessary is uh, can actually stop you playing a game that you would otherwise continue to mm. play. It's that it's that significant. It really is. Yeah, maybe I will attempt the gold, but it's just like every time I'm on there now, I'm going for perfects, which I think are the most stressful things in gaming. It is utterly daunting yeah. when it's going for perfect, and the, it puts a little sort of I don't know, P, a, 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 P, a bow yeah. around the box, power, yeah, and it's almost like a power pellet button. <laughs> and it flashes in the screen, P for perfect, go for the perfect, go for the perfect. You know, like, I'm going for it. Stop putting me off. And you get three tries, don't you? But the first, the mm. first miss, and it's there. There goes your P. But the game carries on as if to mock you. Yeah. And all you, all you really want to do at this point, because you've already got a superb on it, so you're not. There's no reason for you to stay there. You can't. You because this game has no scoring it system can't. as such. You can't. You can't better your score. This is one of my problems with it. I want a scoring mm. system. Um, I checked out uh, a number of YouTube videos at the higher level yeah. play because you know I was only on the the average side of stuff just to see if you once you got all the beat completely correct how how you know wonderfully it all kind of blends together and and yeah there's a few people out there boasting on YouTube where they've got entire perfects on every single sure. one. Mm. And then the YouTube comments are just full of people going, oh, my God, how did you do this one, this one, this one? I, I believe Love Rap was one of the ones that came yeah. up time and mm. time again. But it was interesting to watch them do it. Certainly, you know, pr- practice as as with all games and particularly rhythm games, repetition, uh, it, it will sink in, even if it's in, in terms of just learning the tune better and, and the, combined with your muscle memory. But the problem is we, we need to talk about the music and the musician. Um, some of the tunes mm. are a lot more... Uh, amenable to being listened to over and over again in quick succession than others. Yeah, and I, I, I don't find Love Rap too an attractive thing no, to horrible. listen to as well. It's <laughs> it's very the intro is boring where the, the the chandelier lights up and it's just it's just like do 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 do. You're like, oh come on, this is not you know end game music for Rhythm Heaven. Like I want I want the Love Rap to be like I don't know some sort of like rap battle like in Eight Mile or something like it was just the very slow and boring. But yeah, there we go. Like. It, it, Love Rap Two is is really hard and it's boring to play. And again, that's why that's what put me off getting all the goals. It's just a bit of a pain in the ass. But when you when it comes to like uh, the shrimps on the beach oh, dancing, hard. now that's that's oh, I love it. It's so good. Like I got gold on that one. See that one works. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I found that that's quite weird. easy actually. But yeah, like uh, yeah, it's a shame. Love Rap Two is is a thorn in my side, <laughs> and it's not not a particularly good one. Musically, um, one that I really like is the Monkey Watch. Just that, like, lovely, pleasant little cute tune with the monkeys <laughs> clapping mm. hands all the way through. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's lovely. talk about the, the music because obviously, you know, normally with a music game, it's one of the first things you talk about. But actually, we've talked about the gameplay, the mechanics, and graphics. Uh, so the music <laughs> in the first game, uh, in fact, the music in all three games is largely, we, as we understand it, uh, composed by this fellow who's known as. Tsunku. He is a Japanese man uh, whose real name is Mitsuo Tarada. Uh, and he is a multi-instrumentalist um, singer-songwriter. He's also a producer, an engineer. He basically, he's been an actor and a TV presenter as well. He's, you know, a, a polymath, I believe is what they call them. Um, he had some success with his uh, rock band, Sharam Q, in the 90s. And for the first game, the GBA game, 
obviously, you know, limited cartridge space and whatever. They crammed in a bunch of music. He worked with a, a studio or something called JP Room. Now, we've looked at their website and it's kind of hard to ascertain exactly what JP Room are, but they are credited on the box mm. and um, they appear to be some sort of musical talent agency or supplier of singers or something. I'm not quite sure, but uh, they, they get a co-developed credit. But um, in the second and third games on the DS and Wii, Tsunku is pretty much uh, doing it himself and it's the co-developer credit is TNX on both games and that is Tsunku's music studio engineering plant, whatever. So it's all about this man Tsunku. But um, obviously, you know, he is, uh, he is known for being a multi-genre uh, musician and that obviously comes to the fore in this game so whereas a lot of music games obviously people will be familiar with um they use lots and lots of artists uh used to be covers and then people weren't happy mm. with that and it became the real artists and still is we're still getting rock band dlc to this day um but this is all kind of you know the, even on the cartridge there is there are some vocals and stuff and there are some um sampled sounds but there's also a lot of midi and chip tunes and things so uh who'd like to have a go at describing this suite of music. <laughs> God, it's, I, 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 it's it's weird. Like uh, it's not any kind of music I've really heard before. If you know what I mean, it, it bounces around so mm. much from really poppy. Like it's like almost J-pop in some in some circles, Definitely. and then it it goes absolutely bonkers. And I think that's what I love about it the most. It just you never know what to expect, and how do you describe the music in the the rhythm game where he's collecting the the presents and not the um the spiders? He's smacking them away. Like, what kind of music is it's that? It's very that's very rhythmic. It just feels like you're following a very basic drum beat almost. It's not very mm. uh, melodic that one. But there's other stuff um, like the um, oh, what's it called, Bossa Nova, which is. Uh, like that as well but it's still got a melody as well mm. um so it's all over the Eclectic place is the word um yeah 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 i i really like that part of it especially when you go into remixes mm. where it just con you know constantly Segways changes amazingly the from between genres and even you know rhythms and beats yeah i mean that, that i think that's the really yeah. skillful part of what he does is actually uh, making completely uh seamless contiguous medleys out of all these bizarre tunes yeah it's, uh, it's it's a genre of music that i can't really get my head around but well it's not just one genre is it that's the thing no no sorry yeah, yeah. The, the, the game the soundtrack you know it's like, i can't even explain it to you it's just absolutely mental it's all it's all very upbeat pretty and much cheerful yeah. but they are um they all c cover loads of different genres. There's a bit of funk in there, pop. A bit of rock, a bit of rock, sort of, yeah, a bit of uh, soul. All sorts. Yeah. R&B and like that. Yeah, I think I think the challenge for whoever puts the, with that the whole segment of the music together is the fact that they, the music can't be overpowering of what is going on on screen. Because quite often you still need to have some sort of beat to it. Although remixes sometimes throw you a little bit off beat. All that stuff, but quite often, like it can also fade into the background while still being in the foreground. It's very clever. I don't, I'm not quite how how you can explain how it comes across to the player, but it doesn't distract you from what is actually going on the screen. At the same time, it's it get, kind of gets stuck in your head. Yes, the earworm factor of this game is. Uh, I, I remember uh, a friend of mine, still a friend, um, but uh, still curses me to this day for showing him Parappa the Rapper in 19. 
97 mm. because he still has some of those songs rattling around his brain <laughs> 15 years later. Uh, <laughs> is he a gamer or is it just... No, uh, well, yes, but not a, not not like I am. Um, not like we mm. are, I should say. Uh, so, yeah, this um, I currently and throughout the entire recording of this show have had the uh, the song, the rock and roll song from the uh, the frogs or the, the I think the uh, kero kero mm. in the Japanese version. Um, I've actually I've watched the Japanese version on YouTube to see how different the vocal was, and I was pleased to see that. At least in the Western localization, the the bit where he says at the as uh, he says thank you very much at the end is is exactly the same. Um, but yeah, I have this song in my head, and I've had. I think we we joked as we met up before the show um, that uh, I think we greeted each other with various lyrical samples <laughs> from the from the game. Uh, yeah, it, it'll likely drive you mad while you're playing it and while you're not playing it. Yeah, the seesaw. Is it umbum umbum where they're jumping up and down the seesaw to the yeah. beat? It's brilliant. I, <laughs> um, I've only played that one once, so I so I don't have that in my head. I think it's often the ones you played several times that are the ones that the stick. One, the one that I, I, everyone talks about this, but the the interview with the wrestler just ringside. It's yeah, good, it's yeah. I, I can't get that out of my head. Not just the uh, music, but the imagery um, uh, that's uh, associated with it. It's just ingrained in my brain because i've done that so many times mm. yeah so it goes i do recommend oh, sorry i was i was gonna sorry. do my my wonderful impersonation the impersonation yeah, of it. it so it's um you've got the woman there with a, a big hunky uh muscle man on front clearly <laughs> a wrestler uh and um she's got this interview mic and she goes and then she goes true it's wubba dubba dubba that true yeah. or something like that and she and he goes and it, what of course he just goes and but that has to be on the um, on the button press. But the best one is then when she goes post <laughs> for the fans. She goes, "Is that true?" It's the press suppress who says uh, post for the yeah, fans. Yeah, post mm. for the fans. And at that point, you need to press is it A and B on that one. Um, yeah. And he does this ridiculous over the top um, post for the fans with kind of the Japanese like over the top and what well, was it the flag like bursting out yeah. of the screen and stuff. Um, he does several, and uh, and if you mess it up, he does some. You get some sort of comedy news because it like flashes, and you see the newspaper front of the newspaper. And if you've messed it up, he's kind of like falling over with his eyes bulging out. And it stuff was like that. it was this mini game in particular that made me not fall in love with the game, but like you know, absolutely head over heels. Like this game is one of the best games I've played in a long time. Um, but does anyone else? <laughs> enjoyed the freedom of the Wii remote and it, I know it's not a rhythm like waggle game as we mentioned earlier but the freedom of the Wii remote to enjoy the music more it excels this game beyond any of the other two in the series for me yeah I, I actually when I'm posing for the fans this sounds mental but I pose for the fans and press the <laughs> buttons at the same time now that and when it's the baseball one and she throws behind the curtain I'm actually counting the beat and when it's the fifth beat I swing it like a baseball bat and press the A button like, like you're playing Wii Sports. Oh, uh, and and there's you saying you don't want Waggle. But then if it was Waggle, it wouldn't work, would it? Cause... I wouldn't do it, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I do something similar. I don't get up and dance like Darren does. Wii Sports baseball was fun. But, um, yeah. I, I do find myself um, uh, shaking the Wiimote as if I'm mm -hmm. trying to keep to the beat, as if I'm, you know, banging a yeah, drum. Like a drum. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that because... Because I don't have to worry about the controller too much, because there's two buttons right there, and I only need one hand to 
hold it, I can just I'm free to just really get into the music. Mm. Whereas with the DS one, mm. I really have to con- Sweaty concentrate DS because it's so fiddly. Yeah, especially when you have to press the R shoulder button for some of the mini games near the end of the DS one. They introduced yeah. the R button as a mechanic, and you're just like, oh fuck off. Have you the, the guitar what? one? <laughs> no one's ever seen Sorry, these. Spoilers, but these yeah. are these are for the later <laughs> ones. I know what Darren's talking about. Yeah. They're a pain in the ass. But when you're rocking out on stage, like they ask you to sort of bend the guitar riff mid riff. It's like, yeah. and you're like, fuck off. That's ridiculous. You know, you know how in Guitar Hero you uh, pluck that thing, yeah, wave that thing to make mm-hmm. a long beat vibrate. It's basically the same thing. Whammy. <laughs> Whammy. Sorry. That'll be the whammy bar. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the whammy bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerome McKee uh, put on our forum and character select forum, my first experience Rhythm Heaven on the DS, and I absolutely loved it. The quirky setting, simple yet charming aesthetic, and lovely music come together to make a truly enjoyable enjoyable and funny game. P.S. Wubba yes. Dubba Dub, is that true? Pose for the fans. <laughs> yeah. I do recommend, uh, now we... Uh, we touched on this earlier the pal version euro version actually has the i wish they'd done this with the other mm. uh with the ds one uh does have the japanese uh sound in there so you can go with the original and arguably best sound now it's worth at least trying some of these out because once you know the games you don't need to know exactly what they're saying um and in a lot of cases they're much more charming mm-hmm. for instance the wrestler interview instead of her saying wubba dubba dub which okay does have a certain amount of charm to it she actually sounds like yeah, a scratching record they use the like, japanese version in the awesome youtube series that takes that mechanic of interviewing someone and replaces it with a completely different character like the heavy from team fortress or gabe newell or m bison or zangief <laughs> the zangief one's particularly good because it uses street fighter graphics with chun Li interviewing um i urge everyone to to sort source these out on youtube just type in something like rhythm fortress or rhythm heaven interview and you'll you'll find your way to it um we'll probably link to it this is actually meme almost meme status now. oh yeah and this one guy on youtube um i'm forgetting his name but he's, he's actually got his own series of rhythm fortress where he's got the the idea gameplay of rhythm heaven on the Wii and he's crossed it with Team Fortress characters and it, it works so well like the tap troop in the Wii version where you got to tap your feet to the music uh, that he's done that with the spies from Team Fortress and he's got it all laid out exactly the same like the legs <laughs> are in the background the spies legs are in the background and the actual spies head and torso are in the foreground and ah uh, the, the guy's a YouTube genius <laughs> I, I was hooked <laughs> One of the many, many uh, visual gags, but again, just as an example, because it popped in my head as you said that, for instance, uh, after playing that tap dancing game, at the end of the song, it zooms out and you re- it reveals that these uh, guys who are tap dancing are about 200 feet tall. It's amazing. When I first saw that, I and rolled around laughing. Yeah, I, I, I actually lolled when I, when I saw that earlier. And yeah, there's this game has a few lols. I mean, obviously that you know they never quite have the same uh, impact after repeat viewings, but there's a lot of just genuinely good surreal uh, ideas in this game. Very sort of sort of Terry Gilliam type stuff. It doesn't have that same visual look, but it's the same sort of level of anarchic imagination yeah and it it, go, it it ranges from like surprising you like you know with the like we said earlier the samurai guy with the story in front of you or it's just the this complete surreal bonkers nature of the donk donk guys on the air blimp uh, you know that the guys who goes donk 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 <laughs> and the, <laughs> donk, donk, the, they, yeah. it's really hard to explain but they're sort of pedaling on this blimp and you have to press a in time with the music that goes donk donk 
donk, donk, and then when it goes donk, donk, you have to press A and B at the same time. And it's sort of like an offbeat mechanic where mm-hmm. yeah, that they speed through sky and they go through clouds and stuff. But the the tutorial for this, it pops up and it's like donk, donk. And then the, the description is something like, I don't know how to explain this to you. You just have to play it. And that sort of summed the whole the whole thing up. And I was like, what do you mean you can't explain it to me? This is, <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I knew I was in for a fun one with that. And that was one of the hardest ones to get gold on. But yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, I adore that one. Uh, one more credit we should do before we kind of start to wrap up is the man who actually directs these games, which is uh, the main man at uh, Nintendo SPD, Yoshio Sakamoto. Um He's worked on a few things that you may have heard of, such as the the Donkey Kong uh, Game & Watch, which is one of the most legendary Nintendo <laughs> machines in its own way. Uh, also, uh, done he did bits on uh, Metroid Other M and uh, worked on Balloon Kid and uh, Wario Land 4 and Super Smash Bros. Melee uh, and uh, Wario World, Wario Wear. Um, so, again, you know, another... Uh, one of the sort of bigger cheeses at Nintendo who isn't Miyamoto and, you know, arguably given some of the stuff he's worked on probably should be more mm. of a sort of well-known name. Once again, I, I, I seem to be asking this a lot. Is is this series of games that much bigger in Japan? I mean... Bigger? I don't know how big. Uh, it's worth mentioning also that uh, the original game uh, had its own coin-op made out of it by Sega. So uh, the story goes that Sega actually, uh, or one of the internal teams or some of the internal people at Sega loved the GBA version. And so they approached Nintendo and said, can we make this into a coin-op? Obviously with the, the popularity of music games mm. in Japanese arcades, pop and music, etc. cetera. Um, so that happened in 2007. So I would imagine that, um, I don't think it's like, you know, oh, everyone plays Rhythm Tengoku in Japan. You know, it's it's not like, I don't think it's like, um, you know, Monster Hunter or some, or, or Dragon Quest, but I think I think you'd get more recognition than you would over know, here. For some probably. reason in my mind, it just feels like more like a mainstream series out there where lots more people would, would know from it. It's almost one that's just drifted down because it was of its popularity in the East and that's the reason it got released here rather than just... Well, I know, think... Okay, this will be great for them. The GBA, GBA version obviously came out late in the GBA's life. It was the point where WarioWare Twisted didn't get a, a European release due to patent issues and things like that. And um, obviously Nintendo were very much doing that thing where which uh, manufacturers do, which is try and kind of almost pretend like the last generation of machine doesn't really exist anymore. Um, so it never got released over here, but I did, it did become quite an import hit. Yeah, I was um, going to say, is that, I mean, is, is this in my mind? Because there was a, a fair bit of speculation that this wasn't actually going to get released in Europe. I, I know when, because maybe it's because it hit America and everyone was going on about it there in that territory for so long. Well, the latest yes. one, well, the, the first one never did get released outside of Japan. Uh, didn't even get released in America, the original Rhythm Tengoku. But I assume it was... I guess it was a combination of factors that the DS version did get released elsewhere. I guess they felt that they could um, turn it into something, you know, that they could put the Touch Generations badge on and have people try this thing out. I don't know how much of a hit it was. You can certainly buy it cheap now. I got my as new copy for £3. Yeah, I think Paradise was, like I say, if, if my sister-in-law is buying it, then you know that you know Nintendo did a fairly decent job on the advertising, trying to get it into many households yeah, as possible. True. but. It's, mm. I mean, the latest one has, it's, it's not been the easiest game to find. I've seen it in 
in some shops in the top 30 kind of lingering around there well no one buys wii games now do they really you know i mean that's uh. we're, we're at that that point very much of is it's actually you know it looks like we're coming to the point where uh the the 360 and the ps3 are very much coming to towards the end of their lives so the wii to, to a lot of those people who um feel it was never a current gen it's a symptomatic of the platform yeah yeah, it was never a current-gen machine anyway, according to some, and so I think that these tail-end releases, fortunately for those of us who only care about good mm. games and gameplay, um, snap it up. And obviously there are there are enough people doing that for Nintendo to have localised and released it. So. It could even be one of the last ones, the last officially released Nintendo. Wii games, yeah, it will be one of the last few, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they keep, there's you know, there seems to be always one or two more, like as with the GameCube, you know, the... There were always one or two more until there finally wasn't. Normally, there's an overlap with a new machine, but whether we'll get that this time, I don't know. Maybe the Wii U will completely... Actually, it probably won't, will it? Because with the Wii U being 100% backwards compatible, there's nothing to stop people... Think, can... think about the Wii U and the touchscreen and flicking stuff off that of that pad onto the screen. Well, Go I on. was actually going to say, one of the things we could do before we uh, wrap up is speculate about... Uh, I, I, I don't know if there's any announcement or, or anything uh, of 3DS and or Wii U versions. What they could do, would you like to see it? They had a, a, de- a tech demo. I think it was called Rhythm Game at E3 last year. It was literally just <laughs> Rhythm Game. Yeah, and Well hidden, yeah. <laughs> not as good as Heaven or Paradise, just game. No, but it had the art style of Rhythm Heaven and according to many journalists who were there, it plays just like it. Um, you hold the tablet up to your TV okay. screen and there's a pirate ship which uh, people are firing arrows mm. from, and your tablet essentially is a shield. And so in time with the music, they'll fire arrows, and you have to hold it up against your TV and block the arrow <laughs> from coming. Now, the, the, the trick here is that the, the tablet can see more of the ship than your TV displays. So when they're firing off your TV, you have to turn your tablet into the non-TV area, and you'll see a whole new section of the ship where people are firing from. And Sounds like the mm. waggle that Josh is worried about. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean it could work, but again, you know, this this is inevitable. The the first run of Wii U games will be all about using that technology, just as it was with the Wii. So what you're going to say in six years' time, they're just going to be tapping a button in in almost certainly. <laughs> yes, the, the the this the 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 tablet screen in in five years' time on the the Rhythm Action game they release then will just be a just have a dog on it or something. How lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but. This sounds to me like it could very well end up being yeah, a, a Wii U uh, rhythm Tengoku equivalent of WarioWare Smooth Moves, hmm. which was okay. It was, you know, it was fun. It, it was lacking in multiplayer. Speaking of which, has anyone uh, spent any time with the multiplayer? I've played two-player on my own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how is it? <laughs> it's, it's quite easy playing it because obviously your brain's in tune with both thumbs and pressing it at the same time. Uh yeah, it's 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 the same mini games as before, but with two of you playing, and it alternates between like you know, mm. oh, part one, you do a section of the song, part two, you know, and then mm. yeah, sure. There's only, there's only a, about ten, fifteen in there. There's isn't there's, it? there's eight, yeah, and you can get duo medals and unlock yeah. duo endless games, which I didn't bother trying because I felt mm. sad enough. This is not not much of a thing then. No, really. it's nice. It's in there. Don't I love the fact that it was in there because we had a great laugh playing the the monkey tambourine one where you know the monkey plays a few beats like tap 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 clap 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 and then you you copy that and we're having a good laugh getting drunk and playing that and laughing at each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not the sort of thing that's become going to become a, uh, a a local multiplayer party game no, staple. It was more just a, a one thing no. and 
yeah, yeah, that game definitely seems more suited. Glad we haven't devoted any time yeah, to it. Yeah, it's worth checking out. But, um, and pro- probably not on your own, maybe with someone that actually has a sense of humour. Unlike yourself. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so sad. Kramer Edge from the forum says, I never played the GBA game, but I've tried the DS and Wii versions. As a fan of the WarioWare games, I find enough things in common to enjoy the Rhythm series too, but not to the same extent. I love the presentation and humour present throughout the games, but as someone with next to no rhythm, I find them more fun to watch than to play. I tend to hit my personal skill ceiling half to two-thirds of the way through, and my guess would be that's half to two-thirds of the way through before the first ending. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I'm speculating. Uh, Rhythm Heaven on the DS was particularly tough because tapping and flicking with the stylus felt much less accurate. The best thing about the series is the same as the WarioWare games, the sheer insane imagination of the minigames. The one with the wrestler being interviewed is one of my favourite gaming moments in the last year. A lot of of love for that wrestler. It is. Yeah, it's amazing, that one. I love it. (laughs) Finally, from the forum, we have Robotic Monkey, who says, I have the DS version. Weird, quirky humour, catchy tunes, and jolly good fun. However, this is the only game I've owned on the DS or across most platforms, come to think of it, where I have actually come close to hurling the DS at the floor. Maybe it's my DS, or maybe it's some slightly janky implementation of the use of the touchscreen towards the later stages, but the game seemed rather punishing. Fun, but frustrating. Yeah, that seems to be the common consensus between uh, people who don't play games. I'm not saying he doesn't play games, but when, when I hand it to other people, they're just like, yep, have it back. It's too hard. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, we have a couple of three-word reviews before we do our own summaries, summarizationings. White Spider Zero says, Rhythm Game Perfection. I like that guy. David Turner of Joypod says, Fuck, missed it. Uh, which I assume is a comment on the gameplay. I <laughs> uh, don't know which ones either of them have played, but uh, regardless. Uh, this, even though we did a whole thing about music games at the start we seem to be running long and the time has flown by so let us wrap up with our summaries let's start with josh um i like the ds game but i don't love it i think that the controls are an issue because they never feel 100 percent reliable as we mentioned before you do get used to it eventually and you get a handle of what you're meant to do and it is, and there are a lot of mini games in there that are fun, but the get the game that really stood out to me is the Wii one, which I absolutely fell in love with. I don't have the same issues that I had with the DS one. The controls felt perfect. Um, there are a few mini games I got annoyed at, but I I always felt like that was my fault, not necessarily the games. Um, and it's just so imaginative and the music's great and I, it's my kind of rhythm game as well because I, I like uh, music games that have lots of original music and lots of um, uh, creative ideas rather than taking licensed music and uh, doing it that way. Uh, I highly recommend the Wii game. If you have a Wii, get it. It's great. Fair play. Tony? Um, although I enjoyed the kind of WarioWare-esque look of the game um, and some of the fun ideas such as you know dog golf, <laughs> spinning dogs on chairs, etc. And certainly the interview scenes. Pigs on chairs, get it right. Pigs on chairs. Businessmen, businessmen pigs. Uh, businessmen business pigs. Pigs in chairs dressed up in business suits. <laughs> uh, to be With moustaches. And moustaches, spinning. Um, yes, so ideas like that which are pretty original. Um I don't ever feel like I was 100% 
in tune with this game. I, I seem to you know veer from utterly in love with um, interviewing wrestlers to utter frustration with mon- monkey went wrench watches um, and just not you know just so happy when it said okay and you know, I could progress on and never have to attempt some games again. So it's a real battle of attrition with me of do I like this? Don't I like this? In the end, I think I appreciated what it was trying to do. But if I was have to like, okay, you need to play a set of rhythm games, you know, I stuff like um, Guitar Man, where you know that to me there's just a bit more control of what my actions are onto screen, and some of the punishing nature of um, these games just in the end just kind of just drew the, a little bit of a wedge between me. So it's not something I would particularly say, oh, you have to go out and buy. But I think if you've listened to this and you know this kind of like perks your interest then you'd probably get something from the games, but it wasn't an absolute classic for me. For me, I think um, when I imported Rhythm Tengoku all those years ago now, uh, I was pretty excited about it. I was already into very into rhythm games, and I also loved WarioWare and hadn't played anything quite like that for a few years other than other versions of WarioWare. Um, but I was, even despite all the fantastic humour and imagination and surreal graphics... And everything, I did feel slightly disappointed with it. And doing this show has made me think about what it is I do and don't like about these games, as it does with all the games we cover. Um, I do love some of the music. I do love some of the characters and the graphics. Um, I love the fact that it is so distinctive and it's very much its own thing. It's unmistakably what it is in terms of, you know, you couldn't say, oh, which which game is that I'm playing? Which which is that game I'm looking at? It's only it can only be a rhythm Tengoku game, mm-hmm. um, and it is challenging. And you know, the, the I do enjoy the fundamental skill of tapping buttons in time to music. It's enjoyable. Um, the thing is, I never get the same euphoria from the rhythm Tengoku series games as I get from Guitar Hero or Rock Band or Frequency or Amplitude. Um, or even Guitaru Man, to be honest. Mm. Um, there's a the, the problems for me are there's a there's a lack of feedback during the songs, other than although they're very funny, you know, just just the odd sly look or a you know squeaky noise when you should have played a bum note or your characters bumping into each other. It's more annoying than instructive. Um, for every great tune, there's at least one that's quite annoying and bland, and they tend to be on the levels that you end up doing multiple times um there's no high scores whatsoever i think that's a real problem with this game because okay there are reasons to go back to get golds and perfects but i would love to see even just a five entry high score table for each game that measured how close to the beat you were um that timing window is is incredibly demanding and you know i think that's fair enough my you know i have decent rhythm and i can press a button in i've completed all all three of these games to some degree most of them to the proper end except the ds1 and one mix away from doing it on the wii um i would like more kind of chains and combos and sort of general maybe i'm just a very needy modern gamer but i'd like to see some kind of display on screen to show how you're doing throughout the song and if you're doing badly yeah like like darren says an instant restart button of some kind um i'd like a more even difficulty curve uh i see i, I think a lot of that stuff like makes sense to the ds and, and obviously the the game boy advance but i think with the wii one there is a certain expectations as we come into with gamers now for some of that easy accessibility stuff and the years of 
like you say, scoreboards and you know combo meters and just telling you how close you were. Just general feedback to the player. Yeah. But when it's missing, it's like, okay, if 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 this mechanic was put into a different game that wasn't as charming, then I think you'd be that much more frustrated with it. But because it's dressed up in such a brilliant way on occasions, it's kind of forgivable. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, virtually every music game I've played other than this series has some sort of on-screen bar and or some kind of sort of rewarding chimes and combo chain system to make you feel like you're actually doing stuff. Now, I, you know, maybe maybe they've gone for the very purest thing. And obviously there are all these great details of graphics to look at and stuff. But for me, it just it feels for something so humorous and surreal and it feels a little dry at times. And that's, that's sort of weird. Um, and also just making so many of those unlocks so ridiculously uh, demanding seems like a, a crazy thing to me. However, I don't, I don't want to end on a downer. I think the Wii version is, is the one to get. I don't think there's any need to really import the GBA version, um, although it possibly is, in a way, the kind of the most genuinely bizarre. Um, but the Wii version makes for a really good purchase, and, uh, and it's, it's definitely enjoyable. Um, I would probably recommend that most people give the DS version a swerve these but days. But the DS one can be picked up. For, I mean, I've seen uh, it for three, two pounds. Mine was three so, pounds. Yeah. You know. But um, yes, and it does ha- actually. It does have the frog, the rock, fro- rock and roll <laughs> frogs, which is probably worth three pounds in itself. But overall, Josh nicked my line. I was going to say exactly the same. I I like this series of games, but I don't I don't love them. I don't have the same affection for them that I have for other music games. So let's finish on a higher <laughs> note with uh, Darren Gargett. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Every time I put this game into my Wii or DS or well, before GBA, I'm always surprised that I'm playing this game. Uh, Nintendo went down a well of Miis and all sorts of you know Woohoo Island nonsense at one point, and t- <laughs> to see Rhythm Heaven Fever come out on the Wii from Nintendo at this late in the day, um, yeah, uh, absolutely just over over the moon that this game you know entered my Wii back in January. Um, it's. I totally agree with the criticisms. It's. It's far too hard in places. It's. It's not really. <clears throat> you know, the the mid game, the mid mini game progression of am I doing good or not is, is all done within you as opposed to the game telling you, and that's partly to keep the game's visuals clean and you know pres- you know nice and artistical on screen. Like if they yeah, had, I do acknowledge. I do acknowledge that maybe a lot of bells and whistles and mm. beaters and gauges and things wouldn't wouldn't suit the style of the game at all yeah which is weird because when you're going for a perfect it flashes at you constantly like get, get a perfect <laughs> yeah. you're like fuck off get off the screen just like the rest of the ui stuff that isn't there what's the only way to get it off the screen to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and it shatters into pieces um this is my f- my favorite rhythm action series of all time but I, I will carry on going for golds until the day the machine dies i guess uh, i got all the golds on the ds one which was insane uh perfects i'm not too hot on because the pressure is just immense like one wrong move and i'll i'll, I'll crumble and so will the perfect uh yeah it's it's probably my favorite game uh on the wii as a bold statement but the sense of discovery with this game when you first put it in is better than most adventure games that i play lately it's sort of like what's what's is this a shrimp on a beach covered in batter like what's going on why am i dancing as a prawn like why am i playing babbitt in an airplane with a cat like 
it, it puts that smile on your face that rarely happens to me with games. And not that's not to say I'm like bored of games now, but like when I'm actually laughing, playing a game, and telling the game to fuck off, but in a good way. It's like, oh fuck off! Like you know, what I mean, the, that's what I want from games now. Like I want that sense of good. Uh, how do you put like? It's not harsh mistress. That's what you want. <laughs> I want a dominatrix game. Like, yeah, it is worth saying to <laughs> listeners that uh, for people who aren't familiar with Darren's tastes, uh, you do tend to like harsh mistresses, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's sort of a thing that's happened to me lately. Like, I don't know whether the the formula the formula of games has bored me, so I've gone to the the spelunky route of gaming. But yeah, I am enjoying the the achievement of finishing a game as opposed to pressing start. Do you know what I mean? That that's. Mm. But that's what I like at the moment, and I think I will until those games stop being made again and they go down the easy route. But yeah, Rhythm Heaven Fever is the best one of the three. It's probably the most accessible, and uh, even though it costs maybe ten times as much as the DS one, it's entirely worth buying that one because it has the best of the GBA ones if you can get to them behind the ridiculously mm. four knocks like unlockable system. And it has a few of the I think it's got a few of the DS ones in there as well. Like there's a few nods towards old games in there as well so you won't be missing out yeah. entirely there is there is a few that actually cross over i think all yeah. three isn't there a lot of the characters uh, reappear and stuff there's a lot of yeah a lot of cross-pollination as it were excellent mm. so of course uh, you can play along with the podcast or ahead of us if you prefer future feature games we've announced will include next week max Payne and max Payne 2 the fall of max Payne, super brothers sword and sorcery ep darksiders the sequel's getting quite good notices, mm. I understand. Indeed. Me- uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, version 2.0 is out now with trophies. Uh, of course, Paul, Paul Rooney will be back uh, of Ready Up for that one. Congratulations to Ready Up, by the way, for their uh, Games Media Award blog nomination, third year running. Well done, then. Borderlands is next with James Batchelor from uh, MCV Magazine and Game Burst. Then Mirror's Edge, Half-Life, the start of our Half-Life series. It's not really an anniversary, I suppose. It will be next year. It'll be 15 years. At the end of it, they're going to announce Half-Life 3. So it'll be perfectly in time. That or the Black Mesa mod. One of the two I'll be happy with. (laughs) (laughs) Asura's Wrath, Wrath or Wrath, depending on your choice. I'm a a Wrath person. I'm a Wrath. I'm a Wrath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got my copy through today. Castle of Illusion, Quackshot and World of Illusion. Mickey and Donald. Syndicate 2012, Half-Life 2, Cave Story... Binary Domain, Pac-Man Championship Edition with uh, Sinan Kuba, Big Red Potion, Half-Life 2 Episodes 1 and 2, and Shenmue 1 and 2. Oh yes, the month-by-month schedule can be found on the blog. And the blog can be found at canandrince.com. Quick rinse videos on the blog and on our YouTube video, uh, YouTube channels. And I have to say, guy, well, both you two that are in this room, uh, Josh and Darren, your co-op quick rinses are hilarious. They are <laughs> they? Mm. Oh, man. Yes. I want to play Minecraft now after that. <laughs> that was very um, funny. <laughs> we can be found on Twitter at Kane and Rince, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Kane and Rince. And of course, you can email us, which is at Kane at gmail.com. As ever, uh, we'd love to see some more of your iTunes reviews. Subscribe to the show, even if you don't listen to everyone. Download it. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> you can join us all and have your say at our forum, which is characterselect.net slash forum. Just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Tony Atkins, Darren Gargett, and Joshua Garrity, and we'll leave you with some presumably completely crazy music. Goodbye.
end the podcast with the the fail music from the game.